Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Action Radio. This is Greg Penglis coming to you from the historic district of downtown Milton on the banks of the beautiful Blackwater River. And now let's get into Action Radio. Well, welcome to my uh, 64th birthday show. Um, it's really kind of funny because normally I don't uh, announce that. I mean, I just haven't. It's it's uh, like a Facebook, for example. Well, I think I announced it on the show, but I, I, this is the first time I've actually put something in on Facebook um, where it is, uh, you know, my birthday. I'm getting getting interesting. I'm, I'm getting comments from, from friends that are, you know, you have Facebook friends where you don't know exactly that well, but you know you got something in common, so you made them friends anyway. That's what's going on, which is really hysterical. Uh, I think I got a call. I think I know who this might be. So hang on just a second here. Do, 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 do. Let me just do a quick check, quick check, quick check. Uh, yeah, yeah, thought so. All right, so let's let's introduce the person that is responsible, most responsible for getting me involved in Blog Talk Radio in the first place. Hey, Bill. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? He did it. He actually did it. Oh, you, this is a challenge, Aisha. I said, if you're going to call my show on, on, uh, on my birthday, you've got to sing when I'm 64 because this is the only time you're ever going to get to do it. Today, this is it. So let me, let me quickly scroll down here and give you a round of applause. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, happy All birthday. Right. Uh, Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I, I listened to the song last night, and I realized I did know the song, so... Um, yeah, I just I didn't know that that's what it was called. <laughs> yeah, it's called When I'm 64. So it's on the uh, the Sgt. Pepper album, which I didn't know. I got the lyrics right here. Um, oh, and Marco says Marco's giving me a thumbs up from the Netherlands. Yeah, here's the problem though. I don't know why I can't sign into live chat. Live chat does not have me. So you guys are just gonna have to talk to each other. So we got Pianca in the line there, uh, and and uh, Marco on on live chat. But that's it. So let me just pull up the lyrics real quickly because this is this is kind of fun. So it's the Beatles When I'm 64. When I get older, losing my hair. Many years from now, yeah, I still have my hair, by the way. Will you see, start again? Will you still be sending me a Valentine birthday greetings bottle of wine? If I've been out till quarter to three, would you lock the door? <laughs> I'm the only one here. Will you still need me? Will you still feed me when I'm 64? There we go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the silly things we get up to here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so yeah. So, so uh, any news of late? Any any birthday wishes? Anything? Or do you have to dash right away? Do you have a couple minutes? Um, I I do have to dash right away. Um, okay. As I mentioned yesterday uh, morning, you know, it's open enrollment That's for right. Medicare. So I've right. already done some stuff for that this morning, and now I got to mm-hmm. go earn my dollar today at the pediatric clinic, and mm-hmm. then tonight I'll be back at it for, with the Medicare. Yeah, and I'll be working on my show, doing what I normally do. I usually end up working on birthdays anyway, um, which is fine with me because I, I love what I'm doing, so it's no big deal. In past years, I was working and I didn't love what I was doing, and that was a big deal. But uh, but these days, things are pretty good. All right, so uh, yeah, yeah, Thank working, you, at, working on the birthday is no big deal. I, I consider it to be a blessing to be able to work on your birthday because that means that you mm-hmm. have one more year. Even though you're one more year, you still have a clear mind and you still have the ability to work, and I think that's a, a blessing in itself. Well, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to younger folks, um, and they're talking about their grandparents who are, you know, my age, and they're talking about how they're they're declining, their their memory is going, and, and I'm like, it's so sad. I'm thinking to myself, I am easily as as 
you know, fast mentally as I was in college. Uh, maybe even more so because I had more practice. Now, college, they, they sort of dumb you down. But uh, doing this show with the amount of topics and the variety and the, the, the rapidity with which we, we go from, from place to place and topic to topic, it actually is a great mental exercise. And so I think this will keep, you know, it's like, you know, brain workouts just doing this show. And I think that's going to be huge, you know, as years go by and as, as time goes by, you know, if I'm still hopefully, you know, God willing, still doing this in my 80s. Uh, then I'm going to go live on a cruise ship and chase women and drink and, you know, dance and visit strangers. Well, you know, they, uh, <laughs> yeah. there, there is an old couple that was just documented that um, they they booked, I think it was over 500 straight uh, cruises because mm-hmm. it's cheaper than going into a retirement home. Yeah, yeah, we should do a show on that because I've heard that too, and that, that, that's why I mentioned it. I'd much rather live on a cruise ship. I mean, I've got medical care, you know, you sit, and as you book, you get, you get discounts. So it actually it works out cheaper to live on a cruise ship than it does to, uh, you know, in assisted living or some of those other places. Besides, it'd be a hell of a lot more fun. Well, you know, you got Shelby, so I'd be a good person to do it with. Well, yeah, I should talk to her. We, I'm trying to get her back on the show. For those that don't know, Shelby Fernet is our, our cruise and travel expert, not ours. I mean, she's got her own business, and uh, she's the real-life uh, Julie McCoy from Love Boat. She's been a uh, cruise director. She's done, what, like 2,000 or, or more cruises. Shelby's great, but uh, I'm actually trying to get her son back on the show. He does TeamChess.com. Remember when Christian was on? Yep. He did, his, he did a history report, and he did a, a chess report for us for briefly. But uh, he's older now. He's, he's mature. He's like 15 <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> mature at 15 <laughs> well he was on the show at 11 Wait. if i remember I think I know, he started he, like a, he, yeah. he's, he's quote unquote too cool to come on the show now <laughs> oh is that what it is yeah he's going to be a rich entrepreneur with his team chess now i think yeah. he was the youngest person we ever had on the youngest regular reporter is brianna um but the youngest person to be on the show uh any length of time i'm pretty sure it's christian um so we'll see i don't know unless i have a five-year-old come on and go you know i'm on the radio <laughs> which would actually be kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, you have a good rest of the show. Happy birthday. And we Thank you, Bill. You've made my day. Wednesday morning. So, someone actually actually uh, took up my challenge to come on the show and sing when I'm 64, so I appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks very much. No problem. Take care. Have a good day. All right. See you later. See the fun we have here? You know, I thought this was going to be a crazy, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of boring day because it's just me. <laughs> you know, they, nah, no one's going to call it. No one's going to do anything. Again, my apologies on, on live chat. Um, so we shall see, uh, you know, if I can get this thing working. I've tried resetting the screen. I've tried other things. It just, it's just not logging me in. Um, don't ask me why. Uh, it lists me as a viewer, you know, instead of the host of the show. At least I'm broadcasting. You know, you know I know that because we still don't have uh, uh, things on our, uh, on our screen. I do have a Wi-Fi indicator now. They, they fixed that part, but they don't, uh, still don't have a decibel meters, which would be nice. I've got a friend of mine calling in whose birthday is the same day as mine. And so hopefully I'm, I'm waiting on... Uh, her to call in right now, and so I'm going to give her a little message and say, "Hey, you know, you know, time to call." <laughs> okay, here we go. And say, "Call in now." This would be a good hour. Uh, the first hour is going to be better for calling in for for this kind of stuff. I'll get a little serious in the second hour. Uh, in fact, I had a, I was going to do uh, one report, and I, and I actually went through it and t- took out the ads and stuff like that. But it's about ten minutes short of what it should be, so I think I skipped a section. So I'm going to have to go back and re-edit that. There wasn't time before the show. Uh, and so I have okay call in any time, and we'll see what happens. And so we'll, uh, I, you know, anyway. So <laughs> birthday people don't tend to, tend to get up early when they have the day off. I don't, but to me, this is, I get the rest of my life off. I, mean, I get to do action radio. All right. So some of the more serious things um, going on. Well, let me just actually, I was gonna, I was gonna do something. Um, we'll, we'll see if my friend calls in. But uh, failing that, 
I want to do something about what life looks like now. And I just thought this before the show. I said, what can I talk about? Well, let's, let's take a look. I, I, you know, seeing it is a birthday. Birthdays are a time of reflection. You kind of want to think, you know, what, what is life like? What, what, where are we now kind of thing? You know, what's the world going to look like, you know, after we're gone? And, and the, the biggest, you know, I, I don't worry about death, except that I'm going to miss what happens next, you know, here on Earth. Uh, and so the, that, you know, the death part doesn't bother me. You know, once, once you've been through, you know, one of those hospital surgeries where they, they you know, basically – stop your heart and lungs. There's not a whole lot of, you know, you're, you're clinically dead, you know, for several hours and having not remembered any of that. So that's not a, that's not a particularly, uh, particular problem. But, but the problem that for me, it's just like, I'm going to miss like all these cool things that are going to go on after I'm gone. And so this is why you have to make the most of your time here. And so at 64, yeah, uh, you know, what they say, what, what did Churchill say closer to the end than the beginning, but I'm feeling pretty good. You know, it's just getting, uh, uh, I want to get back into archery. So I got my archery bow and I had to, uh, one of the, the limbs broke. So I had to replace that. And I, I upped the poundage. I had a 32 pound recurve bow, wooden bow uh, before. And now I've upped it to 35. And that doesn't sound like a lot until you pull it. Recurves are different than the uh, the crossbows, those compound things. They might be 60 pounds, but they're weighted and levered and cantilevered. And they have all these other wires and pulleys and things like that. So the initial pull is really hard, but that quickly goes to like nothing, you know, because it's all geared. Whereas a recurve bow, it, 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 the tension gets harder. The further you pull it back, the, 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 the stronger the pull. And so it's great for building up your muscles. So I'm, I'm working on my, my archery muscles right now uh, so I can go do archery. And again, there's a lot of people, you know, they retirement. That's it. You know, sit on the sit on the porch, drink lemonade. You know, watch the sunset. You know, sit in the rocker. Uh, uh-uh, uh, not this guy. <laughs> I finally found a job I like. It, it, so, so the irony for me is that it took till retirement to actually finally find the company that I wanted to start, uh, the place I wanted to work, and the things that uh, other than my airline pilot career, which didn't work out. But other than that, you know, this is this is the dream come true. This is fun. So. At 64, so I was born in 1959, so I'm one of the last of the baby boomers. Some say it ends in 1960. I'm kind of in that camp. So baby boom, baby boom was over in 1960. Uh, they say, others are saying, oh, and the baby boom went to 65. Nah, I don't think so. <laughs> if you're born in the 60s, you're a different animal. It's just that simple. Uh, and so a lot of things changed. Uh, the, the drafts, uh, the selective service, started January 1 of 1960. You know, so being born in October 19th of 1959, uh, I, I missed that. So I never, I never worried about selective service, even though I wasn't even a citizen yet. But, you know, the, they don't care about that. If you're in the country and you're male, you're eligible. Other thing I know is that I'm, I'm one day older than Dr. Robert Malone, who was on the show. When I looked him up, I found his birthday, October 20th. So his birthday is tomorrow. So, uh, in fact, I might only be a few hours older because I think I was born about 10 o'clock at night. And so that's interesting. <laughs> so anyway, um, so that's how that goes. But I remember, you know, the first thing you notice, I think, overall, is that the, the technology has gotten better and the people have gotten worse. <laughs> you know, back, you know, back when I was a kid, when you didn't have all the computers, all the references, all the things like that, uh, your word really meant something. You know, your reputation really meant something. You know, when you said something or promised something or are committed to something or agreed to something, you really were held to it. Uh, and that's a lot, even even like you know making arrangements to meet with friends now because nobody cares you know I, and maybe that's more of a California thing because people in California will cancel on you with no notice whatsoever if a deal comes along and they won't even tell you they'll just not be there you know so it's uh, it, it's harder to form friendships I think in California uh, just for that reason because people are so you know non-committal but maybe that's maybe that's younger folks and I got there at a different time um, so don't remember the 50s I was only in them you know for like a couple of months <laughs> then we get to the 60s. My first memory, uh, first memory historically, is the assassination of John Kennedy. Uh, I think I was, that was in 63, so I would have been, or 64, I think it was 64, I would have been four years old 
when that happened. And that's, that's the first news thing that I remember because it was such a traumatic event for everybody. Uh, I remember seeing the Zabruder film. I had these flashes of memory in my brain of, of way back when. Uh, and that's about it as far as, you know, news goes. So I was in Canada. You know, Canada, when, when I was in Canada, it was, it was very much of a, a white Christian country. Now they've imported a whole bunch of other folks, uh, and it's quite a bit different. But in those days, Canada was like England, was like Australia, was like the United States. You know, was a predominantly white country. Uh, and so, but, you know, there wasn't a prejudice about it. Nobody cared. You know, we just, we, we talked about the folks. We had Canadian Indians, just like you have American Indians. You know, we had the different races around the world. And it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal. There was no race classification in Canada that I remember. Um, but we had Canadian history. We were proud Canadians. And I remember going to the, uh, the, the uh, centennial of Canada, 1967, uh, from when Canada you know, became a country, 1867. And so I, I've forgotten some of my Canadian history. But uh, as for the founding, uh, still a Commonwealth, still, and it's still part of the Commonwealth of Great Britain. You know, the, the head of Canada is not the prime minister. It's the, 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 uh, the adjutant general or whatever it is, the representative of, of King Charles. Now, Canada should be, I think it's, it's like a, a minor connection now. I mean, they really got to fix that. Canada, you got to get completely separate from England, uh, especially under King Charles. He's the last person you want to, uh, you know, to, to have any kind of monarch, you know, powers over, over Canada. Um, but it was fun being Canadian. You know, Canada wasn't born with anybody. The, you know, the, you know, the United States was starting the Vietnam War in 19, well, they were in the Vietnam War in 1967. We didn't hear much about it in Canada. Um, I don't remember hearing a lot about the United States. And so that was, but it was fun, you know, um, but, you know, I just, I didn't ever, you know, the first thing I noticed about school is I didn't quite fit in. This was a lifelong pattern. <laughs> so I didn't fit in in Canada. Um, I, and then my parents sent me to Australia when I was eight years old. And so I went from a Canadian, you know, gen, uh, public school uh, to an Australian private school. And so it was an all boys school. We had the school uniform. I, I looked like Angus Young, you know, of, uh, of ACDC, which is probably why he wears his. I mean, obviously that ingrained on his personality too. And so we looked, it was the English style. So, we, you know, um, but uh, what was interesting was a bunch of uh, people went to private schools because they're better than the government schools. They just were. And so I was fortunate enough to go to a, a very good private school uh, in Melbourne, uh, Australia. And what was interesting was the, uh, the, the kids in uniform were kind of watched over by, um, by like the, the, the people, the city, uh, the, the citizens of Melbourne, because we ride streetcars to school. We didn't have school buses. I didn't, I didn't know what a school bus was until I came to the United States, right? And what are these yellow, what's these big yellow buses? Oh, they're school buses. Well, what's a school bus? <laughs> you know, we used to walk to school. I, I took streetcars and, and we all got passes. Um, and it was perfectly acceptable for, for young kids. I was eight years old taking two streetcars to school. And no problem. The conductors all knew who we were. You know, we, we were regular commuters on the streetcars and we were perfectly safe. Well, maybe not so much at the parks at night, <laughs> I, I, but I was left alone a lot. I, I basically raised myself. That's another story. Um, but uh, but uh, the school was fabulous, and we were doing amazing things at a young age. Uh, we used to do all-day field trips. We did things that you could never do in an American public school. We do all-day field trips. We, we brought tape recorders with us at 10 years old. I'm doing, I'm doing interviews with people at 10, okay? So I'm, I'm already starting my radio career at 10 years old. And so, and the school was very good about experimenting. Um, there was a, I went to Caulfield Grammar, and there was another school called Melbourne Grammar. Melbourne Grammar was like the old English, uh, very much like the Pink Floyd. We don't need no education. You know, it's like, you know, leave the kids alone. That was the strict old English, you know, you got caned, very much a, a discipline school, but not, real, not really big on creative stuff. They were very traditional. They were like, um, if you watched uh, Dead Poet Society. 
you know, the way that, um, that, that uh, Mr. Keating, you know, the Robin Williams character, you know, made everything live. That was more my school of Caulfield grammar. Melvin grammar was more of the, uh, the form of the poem is this. And a, a good poem has these components. And they were more, more regimented uh, in their education. And so I was fortunate. The school I went to, we did all day field trips. Uh, they, they sent us to a farm for a week. You know, we had to live on a farm because uh, the school had a farm. <laughs> I mean, how many kids get a chance to do that, right? So I lived on a farm. I didn't learn how to milk cows. I wish I did. Um, but I uh, did everything else. I ended up doing a lot of dishes because they didn't figure I was too bright and that's where I should be. Um, but uh, I love being on the farm and I talked to the, the folks that lived on the farm and it was a great experience and I had a great appreciation for farmers ever since. Um, and so that's, that's very important. Um, we've got Pianic's comment. I haven't even uh, read this first. I, I usually read these cold because it's more interesting. Arnold Toynbee, historian, when we classify mankind by color, the only one of the primary races which has not made a creative contribution to any one of our 21 civilizations is the black race. Huh. Piaget says, when I was in elementary school, we were on uh, month-long, month-long trips. You do month-long trips in elementary school? Wow. Uh, you'll have to tell me about that. You, have, you know, call the show. Feel free. We're pretty much open this hour. Anyway, um, so we had a farm. We did one field trip, I think, when I was 12 before I moved to the United States, where we went for three weeks on a bus trip and they took uh, the students they could trust, <laughs> you know? And so we took this amazing bus trip. And one of the, one of my favorite adventures on that trip was um, we went to a park to have lunch and next to it was a prison. So, you know, me, right. <laughs> I had to ask. So I asked uh, my teachers, I said, can we go visit the prison? Um, uh, Greg, I don't know about that. I'll go ahead. Ask. Okay. <laughs> so one of my teachers goes over and talks to the warden and we get, we got to, we actually got to go in the prison. So really these 12 year old kids, sitting in prison with real felons. I mean, they had us in the same, uh, you know, not the violent ones, but uh, we had people, and, and as the, uh, the, the warden explained to us, he said, you know, these are people who have made a mistake, and, and this is the Department of Corrections. We're trying to fix that mistake so they don't do it again. So I actually got to talk to inmates at 12 years old. Uh, and so I think, you know, I was kind of like born to radio at a very early age. Anyway, Australia was um, about 20 or so years behind the United States. My milk came in uh, a horse-drawn cart. <laughs> you know, here, I'm eight years old. My first memory of Melbourne is that, and we were on the outskirts of Melbourne, in a little place called Malvern, uh, the northern part uh, of the city, which became better known because the Australian Open was played about a mile from my house. Anyway, so there in Malvern, there was a local dairy uh, which had horse-drawn carts. So, you know, you know, I, I, <laughs> that was an, I thought it was like an 1800s cowboy movie, right? So my, my milk comes up in a horse-drawn cart in a bottle, bottle, and the guy hops out and, you know, leaves milk on the, on the, on the steps of our house, and, and where we go. Uh, newspapers delivered, uh, things like that, but they had separate stores. This was like 19, so here I am in 1960s Australia, but it was really like 1940s United States. You know, there was a, a, a greengrocer or, you know, what we call like, like the produce market. Uh, they had a separate butcher shop. They had, uh, they had something they called milk bars in Australia, which were like, you know, dairy, soda fountain, kind of all combination, you know, things like that. Um, so Australia was very interesting. The technology, again, was, was back many years, um, but the people were fabulous. And the attitude in Australia, uh, it's very competitive, as you'll see on specials, but it's also very supportive, competitive. I was made to play sports. You know, I, was, I, you know, I played like, you know, the... the, the softball stuff like that is part of they put us on a softball league you know at, at like you know six years old so that was kind of fun but in australia you had to play sports and i was exposed to a bunch of things um field hockey was kind of weird that's like a girl sport in the united states but in australia there's no ice right they don't they don't have a hockey team so 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 men play field hockey and so that was kind of weird it wasn't crazy about that uh tennis i i absolutely loved and became uh actually won our 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 sophomore equivalent or was it eighth grade it was eighth grade uh i was part of the has half the doubles team that won 
you know, for our, our school year that year. That was kind of cool. Um, so then we had, and then I had tried crew. I actually ended up on, on the rowing team. Uh, that was fabulous too. So, so they made us do a lot of things. And I played Australian football and I played cricket and I sucked at both of them. <laughs> I'm not good at team sports. Uh, I like the individual ones. But it, Australia was great. And that's what started me also playing in a band. You know, I wanted to play trumpet and my, this is my band director. I said, I sucked. Greg, you suck. <laughs> Why didn't really say that? But he's like, he's a Dutch guy. Uh, oh, Marco, you'll appreciate this story. So my, uh, my Australian music teacher in Caulfield Grammar in Melbourne was Mr. Beckendam. And Mr. Beckendam was uh, Dutch. And he spoke with a very strong accent. He says, Penglis, <laughs> he says, you will never be a good trumpet player. <laughs> and I'm like 10 years old. I'm all upset, right? Yeah, I'm almost crying. I was like, oh, no, you know, I want to be Herb Alpert, right? He says, your lips are too big. <laughs> he says, but you would be a good tuba player. I'm like, what's a tuba? <laughs> All right. So I'm thinking, this is, so he brings out this enormous, you know, metal tubing and piping and things like that. Well, I was better on tuba in half an hour than I was after a year of playing trumpet. So I just took to it and I played tuba all the way through college. Got a, a solo in uh, the University of Massachusetts marching band. First time they, they've ever had a tuba solo, as far as I know. Ended up playing on my knees at some point. <laughs> it was really kind of cool. So Australia, I, I'll pick up my story a bit because I got a friend of mine calling in right now. Um, but, um, but it was, it was, Australia was really good for me because they made me do things. Uh, they made me play sports, and I didn't want to play sports. I was like, well, you have to play sports. Well, why? Well, because you have to. It's required. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so, uh, but the thing was, they didn't care if you lost. They just care if you didn't try. So in Australia, it's very different. This is the way I never played sports in American schools because the attitude is, is win at all costs. And if you don't win, you're a loser. That's, that's bad for kids. In Australia, it was, you know, we don't care if you win or lose. It's nice to win. Yeah, great. You know, everybody wants to win, right? But if you lose, that's not, that's not the problem. Not trying, that was the problem. So if you didn't give it your best shot, that's when they got after you. And that's what I learned from Australia. So winning and losing, this is why, you know, to this day, the, the way I judge things is very different. It's like, did you try? You know, as the Greeks say, did you live, live your life with passion? You know, are those the things that, uh, you know, that, that, that make your life worthwhile? Anyway, I want to introduce you to my friend, Michelle, who's never called the show before. I don't even know if she's listened to the show. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Michelle has the same birthday as me. And so I asked her, like, what, 20 minutes after, before the show started? I said, hey, Michelle, you want to call in? <laughs> hey, Michelle. Am I on right now? You're on right now. You're on Hello? the air. You're broadcasting worldwide. Oh, don't get nervous. Okay. Well, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, we don't happy have a producer. Birthday. It's me. Let's sing happy birthday to oh, us. Okay. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to us. Happy birthday to dear Michelle. Happy birthday to us. Yay. That's going to be all next on the podcast. Today's a great day. So, yeah. So what are you doing for your birthday? Um, a very exciting day I, pl- I planned ahead. I'm off work today and I'm getting my hair done this afternoon on 12th Avenue at 3:30, and um, then don't say I where because people will be there. Up. You're on worldwide radio. So don't don't say which don't say where because people might just go. Oh, I heard you on the radio this morning. <laughs> anyway, no, go ahead. Oh, right, <laughs> yeah. right. But anyway, I'm gonna get takeout. I think for McGuire's and get steak. I've been craving Ooh. steak, so I'm gonna get Ooh. steak and their homemade bread pudding because I love it. So that's what I'm gonna do. Because I have to open tomorrow, so I think I'm gonna do my real birthday on Saturday. So okay. That's my plan. Watch TV. It'll be a nice day because I've been working a lot, so I'm just gonna relax. So, and I just got my morning wake up call from my parents, so that was nice. Aww. Talk to them. Yeah. Yeah. Mine have both passed yep. out, so they won't be calling. Um, At least not the usual way. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
you know, this is yeah. it's part of life, you know. Okay. And so I accept okay. it, and uh, you know, I very, I think, you know, strong belief in God makes a huge difference. And so you just kind of, right. um, there's a lot of things I don't worry about. You know, I used to worry about things when I was, you know, much more of an individual. It's like it's all on me, <laughs> you know. And then you think, well, you know, and then and then as I've developed, you know. Um, and, and grow in a real close relationship with God directly as opposed to um, kind of like just studying intellectually. Uh, everything makes a difference. Like Action Radio, you know, I've been through all kinds of problems and crises and poverty and all kinds of things like that, but I've never worried about it because uh, I know that this is going to work and I know that um, that what we're doing here is incredibly important. And even though we have a lot of fun sometimes, it's still, it, this is my purpose. And so once you find your purpose, you don't worry about uh, a whole lot of other things. You just keep, you know, living your purpose. Um, right. Yeah, well, didn't mean to go on that tangent, but uh, I know, I know, heaven's real. Everybody's up there, and yeah. they're with us. I still believe that, and there's little ways they show you every day. <clears throat> so yeah. I think it's all good. Yeah, do you, well, do you know? From, so. Yeah, exactly. Do you know us living in this area? So, so I'm in Milton. Uh, and we are in the, the, the greater panhandle. We've got Pensacola to our, our, our west, about half an hour's drive. We've got, I think, Crestwood to the east, half, you know, uh, another half hour that way. Tallahassee's like three hours away. So way up in the upper left uh, northwest corner of the panhandle of Florida. This is a very interesting area. It's very different from where I was in California, which was, I don't know, atheist, <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> leftist. <laughs> everybody hated everybody, even though it was supposed to be, you know, the, the friendly place. It was friendly when I got there. But when I left, you know, it was just, it was a terrible place. Everybody, and so, everybody's go ahead. leaving there now. Everybody's leaving there now. California. Yeah. What's going on there is kind of crazy. Like with the, the open door theft policy that they got going right now is just wrong. I mean, that makes no sense at all that that's okay. You know, what they're doing to store owners out there. <clears throat> like a lot of crazy stuff's going on out there. So I think people, even where I work, they come in to gift shop. I'm a gift shop girl. There's okay. people coming in that moving into our area from California because they're, they're just like done. They're done being out there because they said it's well, crazy out there. It is. And there's, there's two types of Californians. There's the, the one that I'm trying to be, which is leaving California in California, not bringing it with me. And those that are, are it's like the New Yorkers and New Jersey folks that are coming down here. They, they want the, the, the good cost of living and the no taxes, but they also want their socialism. And so the, those that want to, you know, that, that like California socialism, you know, please stay there. <laughs> don't bring it to Florida. We don't want it here. Right. Uh, what are you, you seeing? The way it's down here. Yeah, I think you've got those too, but I think there are some that are getting out of there because they aren't happy with it, with how they're handling things and like the way we do things down here too. There are those yeah. that are on board, but yeah, the other ones, they're going to come here and kind of go with the flow then. So yeah, is what yeah. I would suggest. Yeah. Well, let's talk, let's talk about our, our common birthday here because I always find it interesting to talk to people born on the same day I am. Um, it, it's interesting, not the same year. It's hard to find people born on, on the exact same day. Like I say, Dr. Robert Malone is born the day after. <laughs> we had an interesting chat. Um, <laughs> but uh, but being both Libras, uh, well, I want to I want to see if I can find someone born on the exact same day and get them on the show because we would have done all the same things at the same time. You know, we went through high school with the same music. You know, uh, if we went to college, right. you know, when I yeah, go ahead. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I just was agreeing, yeah, right. Yeah, and so we're a few years apart. Uh, you, you can say how many if you want. I'll leave that up to you. Uh, but it does make a difference. You we're know, 11 that, years apart. Yeah, and so, so, so your music was a little bit different. Um, you, I think the, one of the best decades out there was the 80s. 
And so I remember the 60s, I was too young. Uh, and I missed the, I was young to be a hippie, although I probably would have been, uh, especially I ended up living, you know, right mm-hmm. across from the Haight, I lived across from the Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, right on the other side of the Panhandle. Um, so I was a regular visitor to the Haight when the Haight was still the Haight. You know, it wasn't all commercialized, you know, gentrified, bought out and, uh, you know, chain stores and things like that. Did you ever go there? Mm-hmm. No, I have not. No, oh. have not. Okay, have too late. There. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> well, well, I, I missed what, my what, window. What's that? Yeah. Yeah, you got to catch things when you can. Yeah, it's interesting about that too. That's that's another thing I observe at 64 that, you know, every decade there are things that are that are closed off to you. Like is, you know, I'm not going to get hired to start a career at 64, so I started my own business. Now, I'm not done. I got I got tons of things left to do. Um let's let's talk about, you know, October 19th birthdays because this is a lot of things. I think I forgot who who are the some of the people born on this day, but it's 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 kind of like, interesting that um, our, yeah. Go ahead. Do you know? other Libras that were Libras, like John Lennon, I think, was a Libra. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm right off the top of my head right now. I can't remember anybody else right now. But well, we could look it up, but do you know what? Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, I just said, yeah, I can't think of who else right now, but I think yeah. he was. Oh, I, I'm sure. I mean, well, I'll, I'll look it up right now. And what's interesting, in fact, uh, Mark on the Netherlands is listening. If you can uh, quickly pull up, you know, birthdays on October 19th, that would be very interesting um, to find out. Do you find, as I do, that there are two times of the year when things happen, uh, changing jobs, big events, trips, stuff, uh, world history events, things like that, are October and April? Marco's going to look it up. Thanks, Marco. Appreciate it. So we have we have instant uh, communication here worldwide. <laughs> it's really kind of fun. Um, but do, do you do you find the same thing I find that October and April are like the two months when most of the big changes uh, in life take place? Is that true for Usually, you? Usually, maybe. I mean, um, recently I would say last July was a big change, or November. But I'd say in years past, October is usually just only been a good month for me, probably because yeah. it's my birthday month, Halloween and fall. Those have only growing up, too. It signifies just growing up that all the things that happened in October were always good and part of my favorites. So for me, October has always been good. Huh. Well, it's a big reasons. change month. It's a big change month. Like uh, summer and winter are more stable, but spring and fall are like the big change months our big change season. So I think that makes a difference. Famous birthdays. Here we go. People I don't know. <laughs> Lil Dirk. <laughs> yeah. Michael Gambon, who mm-hmm. just died. Uh, let's see if I can find somebody I recognize here. Who is born on this day? These are all young people. I don't know who these people are. We get some old. Uh, Floyd Mary- Merriweather. Uh, he was born on this day. Who else do I recognize? Let's get some older folks here. Did, did, nope. No. Infamous Butterfly. I don't know who that is. <laughs> but they're born on this day. Mm-hmm. No. Uh, yeah, you're born. Yeah, you and I are born. Uh, Evander Holyfield. I, mean, I recognize all the boxers. That's interesting. Uh, so they were born on this day. Let me see. John Lithgow. Oh, he's an interesting. Do you know John Lithgow? Did you ever oh see, yeah, uh, he died. Or he uh, he, he was he, born. Yeah, from the. Sun. he's still alive. He's still alive. But yeah, he did. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a uh, big booty in Buckaroo Banzai. And he was also in Cliffhanger, and he's a he's a he's a fascinating actor. He does really uh, challenging parts. So thanks, Marco. But I don't know. I don't recognize like ninety percent of the people <laughs> on this birthday list. You know what's interesting? <laughs> do Do you know uh, what? Do you know what profession uh, leapers tend to gravitate to uh, in large number, in disproportionate numbers? I don't. You're gonna laugh. I, uh, Lloyd, because no. their well, balance scale. 
<laughs> it might be lawyers, but it's actually talk show hosts. Oh, okay. Well, oddly yeah. enough, that's what I wanted to be. Or um, really? radio broadcast. One of the really? things I did like drama in high school and did that, and I got to DJ just a little bit in college oh. at kind of a sports bar. Had their okay. night for a little bit. Mm. Well, <laughs> you know, I... This show is the land of opportunity. Anybody that wants to do a report, I, I'd be perfectly happy to uh, um, let you think of a report, come on for an hour, plan something out, and uh, talk about a subject. Give it a shot. Yeah. Um, yeah. I ended up being a teacher, preschool teacher, or I always was kind of um, very creative and artistic, and I was always told I should go into commercial art through my art teachers, and I thought about that too. But I enjoy I love kids, so I ended up going the, the kid route. So, mm-hmm. And I love kids it. are great. Really did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I think and I like teaching and radio. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. I love what I'm doing now too. I've never done it before, but retail and everybody's happy. They're all on vacation and I'm meeting lots of people, and I enjoy it. It's fun. I actually love going to work. So. Well, that's, that's the, the whole point. Yeah, you spend so like, much time at work. Yeah. If you don't love it, yeah, it's it's really a problem. Right. Hmm. No, I've been lucky to enjoy, like, really love my jobs. So yeah. that's a good thing. You can tell we got two fellow Libras here. We're both talking like crazy. <laughs> never, never at a loss for words. No, we talk a lot. That's what we do. Yeah. It really is. And, and, you know, if friends want to talk, you know, go find a Libra friend. We'll talk to you. We'll listen to your problems. We'll, we'll, we'll have, you know, 15 different solutions because we have trouble making decisions, apparently. Although I don't really, do, do you know, they say Libras have trouble with decisions. I've never really had a problem yeah. doing that. I can be at times when I'm shopping, you know, too many choices, but I usually, I, I kind of know what I like, though. So I don't think I'm that indecisive either. I yeah, I think they got that one wrong. It must have been written by a Pisces. <laughs> right. I don't know. <laughs> right. <laughs> We, we we should do like a, like an astrology you know date pick like who's the best match for October nineteenth people that'd be kind of funny right but uh, yeah what well, I got go ahead I'm sorry oh no I said then we'll write up our own definition of a Libra yeah well put on the show if you want to do an astrology report that would be hysterical make up your own just <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michelle's astrology report. Um, I got just a couple things before I get Bianca in the line. Here's uh, Marco text in. Okay. Um, he says, a Harvard alumni and a Fulbright scholar, John Lithgow began his career with Broadway and later also performed with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Oh, I should read this in a British accent. And John Lithgow performed with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Known for his Emmy-winning performances in Third Rock from the Sun, which I think I've seen half of one episode. Dexter, don't know that one. And the Crown. Oh, Let's go. Is also, do you know that one? Which one? I watched some of the Dexter. That was about the. He was like a. He was a cop, but also a serial killer that was killing serial killers. I think. Oh, that's it was kind of funny. Or, yeah, it was. I think it won awards. I forget if it was on HBO or one of those originals. Huh. Mm-hmm. How did I yeah. miss that? A serial killer killing serial killers. What was oh. I thinking? Yeah, <laughs> nice time. <laughs> yeah. He was actually a bad guy, but getting the bad guys. So. Oh, he's played a bad guy several times. Uh, he, he was, was a little in, crazy, in... He wasn't Did the main ever... character, though. He must have been a guest star on it or something. That's interesting. On Dexter. Uh, who was, who was, the, who was the, the, the serial killer killer? 
I can't remember because I didn't have HBO at the time. I only watched a couple episodes, oh. so I can't remember who that guy was. Yeah. So you had more technology than I did growing up, but not by much. So where, where were you on the phone scale? Because I, I go back to rotary dial phones and no answering machines. That's where I started life. What do you remember? Me too. We had that, and then we had, like, different phones in the house. But if you lifted up the thing, everybody could hear your conversation. You know what Uh-oh. I mean? You yeah. Could strap on people in, in your own house if you wanted to. And I didn't have my first cell phone until 1997, and it was a Nokia. Huh. Very basic. And the only reason I got it was, no, it was 1998, because I was pregnant with our first daughter uh-huh. and driving to, um, I lived in, we were stationed in Jacksonville, and I worked at a private Jewish school over in Mandarin, so I had a little bit of a drive, like 30 minutes with traffic and stuff, and um, so my dad actually said, you should probably get one, because my ex-husband was off on a carrier at the time, and he said, that way oh, it's wow. a car, you have any, at least you can call 911 or something, so that was my first phone, and it, it didn't do anything, it was so basic, like, he had phone numbers in it, and that was mm-hmm. it, it didn't text so that was my first um, like cell phone per se and then two years I had a mess in the answer machine in college and that was fun because we'd put on like dumb thing you know <laughs> you know you recorded <laughs> I'd had a really good one that faked everybody out where they thought they were talking to me but it wasn't and it yep, sounded real yep, yep remember the, so, the, the tinfoil thing so it would, it would only go so far and it was uh Answering, answering machines was such a blessing. I, I was out of college before I, I had my first answering machine, and I loved it because I didn't, have to, I didn't have to pick up the phone. I didn't have to wonder who was on the other end. See, kids today, they know who's on the other end, or they don't answer, or they just right. let it go to voicemail. You know, and you miss all the right. fun, especially for, for like teenage boys having to call up a you know, girl for a date. And we had to, you know, our first thought was, is dad going to pick up? <laughs> you know, because we didn't know who was going to answer the phone, right? So, so not only was it hard enough to ask somebody out when you were you know, in high school, but it was, but you had but to double. Yeah, my dad answering the Go. phone, your dad would like, boy on the phone for you. And then oh, giving yeah. you like a look. Like, who's calling? <laughs> yeah, I was wondering what your perspective was. Yeah, exactly. So that's, so that's the opposite. Yeah, dad would like that. So, yeah. Go away so I can talk, please. Because <laughs> I didn't have a phone. <laughs> your, your line's breaking up a little tiny bit. I'm not sure. Um, it's a missing couple. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. So, that's okay. No, it's not your fault. It's Is just it technology. Yeah. Look, I can't. I can't tap into live chat. I've, did, I've been doing this show for five years, and uh, once I discovered live chat, you know, uh, it, it's like you know, I started. I only really started using it the last couple of years, but uh, but I can't even type into it today. It's not registering me. So something's wrong with our system. Mm-hmm. They, they have glitches all the time. So voice stuff, you know, it's not the best signal in the world. I'd love to have my own website one day. You know, I can do that. Um, let me ask you, like, sorry, Pianchi, I just, <laughs> I'm just on a roll with Michelle here. We've never talked on the show before. Um, <laughs> I was thinking, I had a question for you. This is like, our, this is an October 19th question that when we, when I started school, you know, my folks had, uh, this is in Canada, up in Toronto, they had two choices. They could sort of advance me where I was the youngest kid in the class, uh, or they could uh, hold me back a bit. So I was, I'd be one of the oldest kids in the class because October is kind of like that, that overlap period. Right. Uh, or if, if you're born September or October, you know, you can either start at uh, at five or six. And they start me at five. So I started college at 17. I was always one of the youngest in the school um, just because, I, you know, and a lot of other October kids were like the year behind me. Uh, and we were born I the was, same year. What were you? I was 
older ones because I was also one of the first ones to get my driver's license because they would split that up. So I would say they just enrolled me that way. I wasn't, I didn't wait a year or anything. I just went in, but that made me a little bit older than some of the kids for sure in my, in my graduating class just because it was a fall birthday early, you know. Right. So your parents would have started you the year after my parents started me, which I think would have been easier. Right. Because I always felt young, and I was. You know, I mean, you know, you, you don't think six months is a big difference, but, you know, when you're six years old, it's a huge difference. Oh, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. You know, but, for some kids. I mean, doing what I've done with preschool, some children – I recommend it highly. Give them one more year to mature a little bit and and socialize, get their social skills ready because they're just not ready to sit and just do homework like worksheets and have to sit and listen for very yeah. long periods of time. So they'd be better off giving them one more year to grow and mature, and then they'll go into kindergarten being ready to go, and they'll love school. So when people have listened to that, and, I, and I've always heard back that was the best thing, to let them have that one more year to get a little more grown up before they hit kindergarten. Yeah, I never got that. But my school was weird because when I left um, Canada, I was in third grade. And the way the school year worked, because it's, it's opposite in Australia because the seasons are opposite. You know, winter is summer and summer is winter. And so the summer holidays are, you know, December, January, February, or December, January. Yeah, well, it's it's hot. I mean, Christmas on the, you know, a white Christmas in Australia is on the beach (laughs) because it's, you know, December 25th is a lot of times the hottest day of the year. And so the seasons were were reversed. So my school was, so I I did um, most third grade, then ended up going into the the last part of fourth grade, you know, and, uh, and it's just, it was weird. And then when I came to the United States, I already had the first half of eighth grade, but they started me back at eighth grade, and I was bored silly. So uh, it was it was crazy that it all worked out. All right, so let's let's get Pianki in the line here Hi. and see what he thinks of our October <laughs> birthday. Go ahead. What were you going to say, Michelle? My sisters lived in Australia for 23 years now, and my niece and nephew were born and raised there. So I know a little bit about Australia. I haven't been there yet because they usually come home to see my parents and everybody uh-huh. my mom can't fly are because of her high blood mm. pressure and stuff to bring oh, weight. Wow. So but uh, now they don't travel. That's a big flight. And the doctor said that's not good for my mom. So, but they, that's where they've been. And my niece and nephew, you know, definitely born and raised there with the accent and everything. So, but yeah. My sister How's it gone? Yeah. <laughs> she just had a day finally last weekend. She's so happy. It's getting warm there again. So, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just wondering what brought you to Australia. Was in Canada, then Australia? Um, oh, what had I was a kid. Uh, it, it was involuntary. It wasn't my choice. They just picked me up and moved me. You know, I, I didn't uh, okay. I didn't have any say in it. The first place I had, a, I had a say in moving was California, and that was when I was 24. So uh, I was I was brought you know to Australia. I was brought to the United States, uh, and I, I you know in Canada I didn't know anything about Australia, and Australia I didn't know anything about the United States. So I'm having to learn new countries over again, and that makes uh, <laughs> Marco says throw another shrimp on the bobby, mate. <laughs> Good eye, Marco. <laughs> right. How's it going over there in the Netherlands? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, anyway, 
Crikey, might. <laughs> anyway, uh, no, I had a Australian mm-hmm. accent when I came to the United States, but it was it was interesting learning different countries, and you think, well, they all speak English, they're they're the same. <laughs> no, they're not in no. in any way. They're very very different places, uh, and it's demographic really location. Plain, just kind of like oh, America, yeah. we we're all different here too. The South yeah. versus East Coast, and the North, everywhere, a little bit different. Yeah. Well, look at the gene pool of Australians. They're all descended from Irish prisoners. <laughs> That's why they're all so competitive and crazy. <laughs> you know, what the British did. They sent all the Irish prisoners down there, and so they went from there. Let's get Pianchi. Hey, Pianchi, what, what do you think of October birthday people? Do you, uh, do you know any uh, other than me? Do you know any other October folks? Well, the committed deity, Harmaku, of the scales was replaced by Libra when the West took over, so... Oh, wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Hold on. This is interesting. Okay. So Michelle meet Pianchi. Pianchi meet Michelle. Pianchi's a regular, you know, caller contributor. And you know, we have some, some fabulous debates sometimes, great conversations and occasional arguments, <laughs> which makes it really interesting. But he knows amazing mm-hmm. things. And so, so yeah, I always wondered why the, the scales, and I'll go back to Michelle, but why the scales? It's the only sign of the Zodiac that is inanimate, not living. And so, Michelle, did you have a comment on that? Because I, I always I wonder why that was. Why why don't we get a critter? I don't know. I just know the whole feeling of being empathetic and understanding and fair. I I feel innately in our dispositions, we are truth seekers and carry those qualities that we are fair in a sense listen to both sides and um, decide accordingly or that's kind of how we go through like dealing with people and like right. listening like you said maybe that's why because we kind of have a big heart that way and how we handle people with situations where we're kind of fair you know or like not necessarily like things to be fair but I think we'll weigh both sides before we make a decision going forward. Yeah, I think so that's maybe that's our, no, I think that's interesting. I think uh, the, the, yeah. the, the sense of justice and fair play is very, is, is very strong in Libras. Yeah. So the scales are the scales of justice. And I guess, yeah, that, that actually makes a lot of sense. Pianchi, what, what is this? Uh, uh, Harmaku. All I could think of was Hakuna Matata. You know, don't worry, be happy or something like that. <laughs> Whatever that thing is from, right. from, from the movie. But uh, who is uh, Harmaku? And uh, what, what, how were they represented? Here? That was uh, those were what you call zoologic science today. It wasn't zoology; it was astrologic. Those founders was uh, created by people back during the ancient, what we call ancient Egyptian times. I thought it was the Druids, or maybe they just used the astrology science. Because I've been to Stonehenge. Stonehenge is a fabulous place. Uh, I I've been, been there. there. Yeah, isn't it great? Now, did you do the did you do the copper rod thing? No, I was oh. on a bus for we only got oh. to stop for a little. They didn't even have a gift shop, but it was cool. I'm glad I got to go. No, I was there with my kid, and we spent hours there. Uh, it was fabulous and it was fascinating. But there was one thing they have uh, this divining rod, you know, thing or the copper rods that, for like finding water and things like that. But apparently, with empaths, hmm. which I am, and, and, and you might be too, being a, being a fellow October nineteenth person, uh, when you pick up the copper rods on the swivel, they immediately cross in front of you. So we can't use them because we have such a strong field, apparently, 
strong electric field that the copper rods immediately cross. And so they don't cross when you get over water. They just cross <laughs> right away. And that's unusual. That's, and so, so try and set a copper rod. Go ahead. What? And why does that happen with us? Because we're what? We're empaths. Well, it happens with oh, empaths. Yeah. You don't have to be a, a Libra empath, I'm just saying. But I think a, a disproportion of us are. But, I, but as an empath, it's a strong energy field that apparently makes copper wires. And I did that with a ghost chase several years later. I did it here in, in Milton, Florida at the Imogene Theater where we have an event coming up um, where the, oh, the rods that, actually – what's that? I'm looking to do one for Saturday. I was looking into ghost tours and things for Saturday, but I'm not sure which one to do. I didn't know Milton had one too. Uh, well, they've got a ghost walk, but they used to, but it wasn't a, it wasn't a Milton thing. It was the um, what was the group called? Um, there's a paranormal look at paranormal adventures or something like that. I think Pensacola. They did the there's ghost one that order that is rated pretty good too, and I know who the lady is that runs it. It's part of it. She's a real psychic too. She's good. She's the real yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah. The show. I mean, I've had him on the show, if, if we're talking about the same people. But uh, the Yamajin yeah. Theater, where we're doing our, our, our Citizen Legislation Day, January 7th, which I'll be talking much more about um, as we go on here, uh, that place is completely filled with spirits. Uh, I felt them. I, you know, I haven't seen them, but I felt them. And I remember sitting up there watching um, the Milton High School Jazz Band. And I'm sitting there in the balcony, and it's just me. And there's some folks scattered around up top there. It wasn't a huge, uh, hugely crowded performance, mostly parents on the ground, you know, watching their kids. But uh, somebody, you know, came up and sat beside me, <laughs> you know, and, and, and there was nobody there. I'm looking, and I'm feeling a presence, like, right, right beside me. And it's like, you know a person, you know, you know when someone's looking at you, you look behind you, you see them staring at you? It was that kind of thing. Right. And so I knew, I knew there was a spirit there. I knew there was a presence there. And it was there for about 20 minutes. And then just got up and left. Wow. <laughs> I couldn't see anything. <laughs> That's the Imogene. So, so uh, Imogene and I have a real kind of special relationship. That's why we're going there. Um, we still got to get back to Bianchi's story. Uh, go ahead, Michelle. No, I love that stuff. I'm into all that stuff, too. Well, come visit. I'll show you around. It's kind of a neat place up here. All right. That'd yeah, be fun. Yeah. yeah. And I'll yeah, give me the gift shop tour. Um, right. So, yeah. Back to Bianchi. What What is the so, – so, so what was the representation of, of the Libra before it was the scales? No, it was – before it was Libra, it was Harmaku. And who's Harmaku? And that's uh, that's a Hamet deity. And what's Eris was the ram headed Eris was a ram headed Amun. See Greek that what's was that? way before Greeks became who they are. You know it's a funny thing you talk about Stonehenge. Uh-huh. You can draw a line between a spot in Massachusetts through Stonehenge straight to Lebanon. And uh, the Lebanese was the original Phoenicians, who was the original Carthaginians from history. history. But with the advent of GPS satellites, you can draw a straight line between. You go right through the the twin openings in Stonehenge, like an arrow, and straight on further east and take you to Lebanon. Wow. Okay, I'm 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 looking at a globe right now, and I'm not seeing that because England is north. If you look at the the parallels, you've got Massachusetts is. Let me see, 
There's the. Uh, now, I might be off on the state in the United States because there's several things that goes on with it. But if you go the other way, go from Lebanon through the Stoneheads, then it would take you over to the U.S. Basically, what they're saying that those people are riding the U.S. Uh, before you. Okay, so if you figure, if you look at a map, I've got Lebanon here, which is you know right next to Israel. Um, just north of it, and let me see. So there's there's Israel, there's England. If I'm looking across the Mediterranean, across uh, the southern part of Eastern Europe, actually it goes to Lebanon to Greece, to England, and then it goes to like Greenland. It takes a, take a look at a map sometime. I, I I dispute that only because I'm looking at global right now. I may be off on I may be off on the difference between Lebanon and England because there's a lot of stories regarding that. And uh, huh. I'll let you know tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We, we do that a lot on the show, Michelle, because we, uh, we, we, we all have fragments of stories that we know, and we always like to research them and find out. And a lot of times, uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. You know, we just, but that's rather, you know, because now I'm curious, right? So, so right. go ahead, Michelle. What were you going to say? Oh, no, no. I think that's always good to fact check mm-hmm. or research. Check it out. Yeah, because we make mistakes. I do all the time. I'm always correcting myself the next day or the day after. Well, you remember what I said then? That was wrong. <laughs> you know, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, but it's interesting the the replacement of, of the signs. So, so astrology goes back. I, I think the Druids, uh, probably Egypt as well. Uh, I don't know about Greece with mythology. I don't know how they would how they did it. But it's interesting the different signs. You know, you got Capricorn. Capricorn's a goat. I'm just doing this from memory. Aries is a ram, Pisces is a fish, Libra is a scale, <laughs> you know. Well, and the um, Chinese have their, their kind of symbolic thing on the Chinese New Year calendar of what year you were born. I think 1970 would have been year of the dog. I mean, everybody's kind of got their thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm year of the, of the boar, and that's B-O-A-R, <laughs> not year of the boar, you know, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Boring. Yeah, they say year of the pig for, for something. I don't like that. I don't want to be named the year of the pig. The international... Uh-huh. Go ahead. The international date line was down Khufu's pyramid there on the Giza plateau there in Egypt. That structure sits right in no, the center. No, not the international date line. No, I'm going to dispute you again here. International date line runs between Alaska and Russia. It <laughs> drops right through the Pacific. I said the original. Oh, the original? Now, the prime meridian. Now, the prime meridian, that might be different. That runs through Greenwich, England. That's where you get Greenwich yeah. Mean Time from. Well, we call it... We call it well, I say let's say call it the primary. The primary reading was down in the middle of Khufu's pyramid there on Giza Plateau. They got ancient sea kings maps that show it. Okay, now I'm looking at the primary and it goes right through France and then Spain and then Algeria. The longitudinal line. Uh huh. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, boat. well, longitudinal line used to be down that structure there on the Giza Plateau. It sits right in the center of the earth. When you stand in one spot there in the great, uh, in uh-huh. inside the Great Pyramid, when you stand in the Great Hall, you stand in one spot, you got half of the earth mass in front on one side of you and the other in, in front of you and behind you. You did center. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, just, all I would say is take a look at a, a world map and look at the look up the primary Indian and the international dateline. Uh, and I think, uh, and, you know, this, this is what I'm getting off my globe. Uh, Marco has an interesting line. He says the international dateline, is that the same as Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, we're having too much fun here. Um, 
So, Pianki, did, but did you, do you know why the replacement took place? Why? Wh- what was it about astrology that they thought that Libra couldn't be Harmaku, uh, had to be these inanimate scales? What, what was the change in that? It's because the Greek, it's because when the Greeks came on the scheme, they began to change things to oh. their liking. So why aren't we an animal? Or Everybody why else is. Are we a, well, no, the uh, twins are human. Gemini, Gemini is represented by two humans. Yeah, the people, the twins, you know, like my dad's a Gemini. Um, Gemini yeah, I think, uh, Haru. What's that? Gemini originally was the twin brothers, Soot and Haru. Oh, and then it became twin females. Oh, this is really interesting. Pianki, can you put together something on this for us? This would be a great report of of the original signs and what they, what they became. Because now I'm curious. And why? Yeah, and why? why? Why would the Greeks do that? We got questions. Michelle, do you know anything well, about this? Well, like Arnold Thornby said, like Arnold Thornby, the historian, what he said, when we classify mankind by color, the only one of the primary races, which has not made a creative contribution to any of our 21 civilizations, is the black race. Well, that's about that was the type of racism that existed back during those days. Oh yeah, they also say that, uh, that that's like saying black people are less intelligent because their 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 cranium is smaller or head size is smaller and other other nonsense like that. It's so stupid. You know what it was is the uh, you talk about the zoological signs. Uh-huh. If you draw a straight line through the center of the north from the north pole to the south pole, and you had a procession, that procession takes twenty five thousand years to go through all the astrological uh, signs. And there's a calendar in Dendera in Egypt that shows that. So they had known that long before anybody else. Now, here's the point. In order to get that right, you would have had to at least study it twice. So you're talking about over 50,000 years of study. So so wait a minute. So how, when you talk about procession, you're talking about the fact that the year is 365 and a quarter days? That we get that extra little bit of time No, there? if you take a line, see you, what they call the houses. The, the zoological houses, right? Like the sun goes through one house, the SUN sun goes through one house to the other. Like they talk about better, better in languages like uh, Hebrew is, is house. So at that line, it takes uh, it enters the house at I think fifteen degrees and comes out at thirty degrees. If you were to take a, a circle and go around. In the sky, in the space, you have right. these constellations. These constellations are right next to each other. Okay, so that imaginary line of the Earth, as the Earth tilts and goes through its procession, it takes 25,000 years for it to go past each and every one of those. Okay, okay now I, so now I just want to know what the procession mm-hmm. was that you're talking about. So, so, my, so now I understand what you're talking about. So as the Earth wobbles, you know, it moves a certain distance down, a certain distance back as it, as it precesses, yeah. Right. Certain distance down, certain distance back in this, in this, in this uh, complete revolution. And it well, enters the house. For, yeah, go ahead. I think go it ahead. enters the house at either 12 or 15, but it comes out at 30. Hmm. Well, you know, it's interesting now, for ice ages because ice ages take place about every 50,000 some odd years, right? And so if you have, that's two processions of the earth. So you've got like a warming yeah. period during one procession. And you've got a you've got an ice age at the next procession. That's interesting, huh? 
Now, what that was also related to, the time that a Savior spent at home and entered into the world or died. Came into the house at 12 and died and went out at 30. Well, that's Jesus. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> this is fascinating. Let's, let's throw in one more little thing. Michelle, do you have some more time? Um, we, we're at the top of the hour, but I, I schedule all the breaks myself. We know There's no schedule on the show here. We just kind of keep rambling. But uh, okay. I want to see, can you stick around for a bit? Because this is getting interesting. Yeah. All right. Cool. Is that so, with the global I don't know. I saw a show, and I still think that there's only been huge fluctuations in camps and all that around the world. Uh-huh. Because I think on a documentary or something, I watch a lot of those, that our Navy submarines have gone down, and there's a way to kind of tell about that. And this fluctuation in temperatures has always happened the decades, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. back hundred years of what they could see. So I'm not totally sold. I don't believe that all this temperature stuff is necessarily global warming. I just think it That's is nonsense. We've talked about the show several times. It's a bunch of nonsense. Yeah. Yeah. Carbon dioxide is good for the, the planet. We've, we've had Gregory Wrightstone from the CO2 coalition, uh, check out our action radio environmental action project. We talk about it all the time. Uh, the, the former head of Greenpeace, you know, I got a, a, a two-minute thing on, on what he was talking about. He left Greenpeace because they went all wacko on, on CO2 and other things. Uh, without carbon dioxide, we all die. You know, that's what the, that's what the plants breathe. And so right. it's part of the carbon Indeed. cycle. You know, we're carbon life forms. You know, that, so there's this nonsense that, that getting rid of carbon dioxide is a good thing. No, it's going to kill everybody. These people are complete morons. Right. Hmm. I think so. I just think it's a cycle. I mean, as far as the mm-hmm. ice melting up. North Pole and the South Pole and that may be true. I'm not doubting that that's not happening right now, but I don't think mm-hmm. it's our demise that we're causing it. I think it's just part of one of our cycles we're in right now. And yeah, no, it's arrogance. <laughs> it's arrogance to think that we're yeah. Yeah, the, yeah. driving UV is going to change the, the climate of the whole planet. That's just insane. Yeah, go ahead, Panky. Yeah, they had ice sheets in New York three times taller than an Empire State Building. Yeah, you think you think Florida's crowded now? Well, the next ice age. <laughs> There's a great bumper well, sticker. Well, they said <laughs> back when I lived in Hawaii that all of Hawaii would be no more an underwater in hmm. 25 years, and oh, that yeah. was back in 93, 94 when they were saying that. So, so 25 years Hawaii. would have been would have been 2000 and let me see, 90, 2000, what, 17, 18, or something like that. I don't know. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I think all the islands are still yeah. there. Yeah, so. as far as I know. So that's the geological history. The Grand Canyon was formed by glaciers moving from the north going down south. Uh, the Mississippi River was uh, 80 miles east of where it is now at one time. So uh, Earth is moving. Yeah. yeah. I never bought th- yeah, I never bought the theory that the Colorado River cut the Grand Canyon. That never made sense to me because how did the land get so far apart? Rivers don't do that unless the, unless well, the earth is the separating. Land. It wasn't a river. It was uh, glaciers. Glacier. The movement yeah. of glaciers, yeah. yeah. But that's not what we're taught in school. And I, and I said, well, the Colorado River, you know, carved out the uh, carved out the Grand Canyon. I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> you know, I don't know what did it, but, it, you know, I didn't know about glaciers at the time. But it just – but that's what, that's what kids are taught in school. It's crazy um, because you look at the, how far apart those canyon walls are. And, and I'm like, you mean to tell me the river was that wide, <laughs> you know, and then it got down to be that narrow? You know, now that doesn't make sense. Anyway, um, mm-hmm. glaciers make more sense. 
I'll, I'll go something we talked about. Just, oh, Michelle, just go ahead, look Michelle. At the big island. Just look at the big island. Now they've got two volcanoes actively erupting lava. I mean, that has been getting bigger every year for how long now by the one volcano. And I don't know mm-hmm. my numbers, but got two going. So it's going to, the island's going to just keep getting bigger. And that's mm-hmm. what's going on right now. So I just think that's the way Earth is. It's only changing and evolving and having things going on. So yeah. why it does what it does <laughs> without our approval. Yeah, it just does what it does. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah, we got to legislate that volcano away. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> the volcanoes emit carbon dioxide too. Uh huh. Yeah, carbon dioxide, sulfur dioxide, nitrogen dioxide, and uh, you know, and sulfur and nitrogen. Those are the things they took out of car exhaust because they caused you know what they used to call acid rain. But you notice you don't hear about that anymore because cars are cleaner. So the only thing coming out of the tailpipe, for the most part, I mean, there's still other stuff, but for the most part, it's carbon dioxide and water vapor. But water vapor makes clouds. Carbon dioxide is plant food. So most of what comes out of the tailpipe these days is not pollution, but it's actually good because we need to replace the carbon. Uh, we're actually liberating carbon by burning uh, what we call organic fuels here. I don't use the term fossil anymore because they're not fossils. These aren't fossils. This is billions of tons of organic mud, plankton, organic stuff, algae all that thing, you know, kind of all thrown together, compressed into hydrocarbons, you know, and you put a hydrocarbon and it, Michelle, you might like this analogy and some of you can, you know, t- tell your school teachers, but if you take a hydrocarbon, you know, which is petroleum, coal, oil, natural gas, and you, uh, you put uh, gasoline in a car engine and you add oxygen, you know, fuel injection or carburetor, uh, you mix those three together with a spark, you get ignition. Well, carbon, hydrogen, and oxygen are also the same components as carbohydrates in the food we eat. So isn't that hmm. interesting? Yeah. So, um, so, so who's to say that if, if, if cars are burning exactly the same molecules that we are using for food, how can you say right. that what comes out of the tailpipe is natural? It's carbon dioxide well, and water. Exactly. Yeah. And the whole origin of the acid rain was back during the industrial areas when they were making steel and they were using coal in order to fire coal poke. Right. And they had towel the tall chimneys and the emitting of those smoke, it would get into the wind currents and mm-hmm. head over yeah, to sure. Africa. Yeah. And the acid rain would fall and, you know, it would cause damage to help. It, it caused a lot of defoliation, defoliation to go on. Yeah. No, you're right. And and what they did was they cleaned up the, the coal exhaust. You know, they used, right. the, they used scrubbers coal scrubbers. Down. Yeah, so, so the answer is technology, and this is where technology has been just such a huge benefit. And the way out of, uh, of most of our problems, like, you know, I've used the example many times on the show, where you know, the biggest concern in, in London in the late 1800s is that by the mid-1900s, London would be under 10 feet of horse poop. And they're really worried about that. Well, because all they had were horses, wow. and someone came along and invented the automobile and took care of that. <laughs> you know, then they had other issues. But yeah, that was a, that was a major concern. It, it's fascinating. You look back at history. I want to do a little more uh, astrological stuff for a bit here. Oh, you want to come in on that? Feel free. What do you think? Michelle, did you have a follow-up? Oh, me? Yeah. And what, on the, on the, well, on, horse, on the great horse poop controversy? <laughs> or just the fact that technology yeah. gets us out of things that people worry about. <gasps> oh, no. Go ahead. It would be a problem. Yeah, I hadn't heard about that one. That one's yeah. interesting, though. Yeah, listen to the show. We have all kinds of, of, of crazy stuff that we do here. Um, I want to talk about the Chinese signs for a bit because I find it interesting, and this might be a Pianchi question, that the, the Western astrological signs, there's 12 of them, one for each month. 
but the Chinese signs are also 12, but there's one for each year. And it's interesting that they could have picked any number because the years, there's no particular significance to two years, whereas 12 months in a year makes, 12 months makes a complete year. But 12 years, there's no cycle I know that the, the, the 12 years com, you know, no. completes. It's and yet China, go ahead, go ahead, Michelle. What's their system of how you're assigned your animal based on the year you were born? Do they have like a system of how they place their birth years to assign? Uh, I think it's I think a good question. It's probably so old. It's probably so old that they don't, I uh, don't, you know, uh, it, it's been established for such a long time ago. Let, let me look up the, the 12 Chinese years and we'll see, we'll, we'll see which is which. So I'll find out which one you are. Uh, do you know which one you are, Michelle? I think I'm the dog. So someone wrote a book, actually. It was, uh, <clears throat> it was one of these kind of, uh, you know, dating matchup books and they were talking about who's your best match. Uh, or marriage or, or whatever, and it was um, it was based on both the the uh, the astrological sign and the, um, the 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 Chinese sign. So they combined your year. So I would be oh here we go. Uh, so I am a Libra uh, boar, which was what's what's boar year? They say pig here. 2019, 2007, 1995, 1983, and it goes all the way down to uh, obviously 59. So if you're year of the dog. Dr. Dog, so that would be 2018, 26, 1994, 1982, and 12 years from that would be 1970. That would be you. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So look up the book that has the Chinese and the astrological signs, and it has its real personality profile, but it combines both the Chinese and the Western, which is really interesting. There's some similarities. Mm. Yeah. Well, on okay. a thought going back, Libras overall tending to have real empathetic tendencies in general. I'd taken that test back when I was in high school or right before entering college. It's like a personality test to kind of give you an idea what careers you might be good at or enjoy. It takes like Uh two hours to take. It was like almost 900 questions. Mm -hmm. And I did it back then. And then I did it again when my oldest daughter was, going into college they made her do it one of her classes and I'm like I'll do it again just for fun and both times not once but twice you want to know what the number one career choice is for me according to them we've already talked about it yeah talk show host you want to be a talk show host when we started this conversation funeral director you're kidding funeral director both times And I took it, you know, how many years apart back when I was going into college. And then I did it for fun when my oldest daughter was going to go into college. And both times, that was my number one job pick that they picked out for me, funeral home director, because I scored so high in the empathy categories, I guess, however they do the scoring and stuff. But so that's interesting. But it kind of falls in line with me, Zebra, too, you know. You want to know what's more interesting? Do you know what what that test was? No. Do you know what that test was developed for? I know the test you're talking about. For Uh determining the sanity or insanity of criminals. Because they asked the same question several times in different ways. It was originally Mm -hmm. a test. It was originally, and it was a psychological profile to determine whether you were sane enough to to stand trial. And yeah, yeah. Go back and read. And then the businesses said, well, let's use that for employment. <laughs> and then the school said, "Oh well, let's, let's use that to uh, to test the students." Yeah, it's the same test. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 
something, um, you know, Marco, if you're interested in the Netherlands to look up. Uh, I don't know if you had that same test. Pianki, you know the test I'm talking about? Do you remember this? No, you know, I never did do too much studying with the Chinese. Uh, no, this is a Chinese thing. This is this is an American test given in schools. Yep. It was called the something personality career or whatever. Michelle, do you remember what it was called? Because I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> but it was the same thing. And it takes a while yep. to take just because there's 900 questions. But right. it's supposed to uh, just give you ideas of what areas you might want to go into based on your disposition. And off of these questions they ask in, I took it twice. The second time was just for fun to see if kind of just curious if where I would be at taking it that many years later because my daughter took it. And I got the same job both times, funeral home director. Oh, are you talking about a mechanical battery test? <laughs> and when we got our, when kids was, uh, during the time they had tra- tracking, they had tracking in schools at the it, early on in, I guess, in the 1960s, in the 60s, where a high schooler would take a battery of tests, like putting square blocks in round holes and stuff like that, to see what your mechanical aptitude was. And your score, whatever it was, you would be tracked in whether liberal arts high school or technical high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In track one, track two, and track three. Track Track three was just general. Uh, that's what they use. Yeah, I just pulled up some psychology, psychology today. They got a bunch of different tests here, but it's uh, yeah, it's uh, that's a whole different uh, different subject. But I remember hearing it was like a report, it's like a sixty minutes report, and they talked about. Uh, no, it's not the Myers Briggs test. Um, Marco asked about My- Myers Briggs is uh, is a test to take your your personality, and that Myers Briggs is actually really good. I've taken it. Uh, it's extremely accurate. And so if you look up the Myers-Briggs, M-Y-E-R-S-B-R-I-G-G-S, they wrote a, a book um, called Do What You Are. And so it, it matches the career to your personality. I, I guarantee, Michelle, if you take Myers-Briggs, you're not going to get funeral home director. You're going to get probably okay. like what you're doing now, teach, teacher and, and uh, talk show host. Yeah, Myers-Briggs. You know what a simpler, a simpler method was to give a person a hammer and a nail and let <laughs> them hit the nail. If they hit their finger, they ain't no good at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was just bring it back into my bookshelf. Yeah, yeah, I've got I've got it here somewhere. I can drag it up. But yeah, do what you are uh, is a fabulous book because I use it. I went I went to actually a career counselor in my forties because nothing was working out. You know, the airline career didn't happen. You know, of course the airlines went broke. Had a little bit to do with it, um, but uh, a bunch of stuff. Um, in fact, I was talking to somebody recently who said that it wouldn't matter even if you got in a job. You know, as a pilot, you know, nine eleven would have knocked you out too because they took years worth of pilots. You know, and and scrub them from the airlines. So uh, there were the two two massive hits to the airlines. Now, of course, they have a massive shortage. But you know, I'm 64. I don't want to. Uh, it's a bit late to start an airline career, but I certainly want to fly a jet upside down over Pensacola Beach. Michelle, are you interested? Want to go? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, it's easy. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but these these uh, some of the tests are good, but some of them are really really bad. I should do some research. I'm going to look up the personality test. I'm going to call it the personality insanity test. Anyway, Michelle, you got anything you want to talk about now that you're here on the show? Um, let's see. I can't think of anything. Some of you always wanted to head. ask the talk show host. You know, now's your chance. Here I am. What was your favorite? Or as growing up, what music do you recall listening to? Being around your parents. Yours might be different because you were in Canada and Australia, so it's probably not no. quite different. 
listening to was, here in America? That's a really good question. It was different for a couple of things. I, I came to rock and roll very late, almost college, because when I started, my folks listened to, uh, I remember the, the fun stuff was like Herb Alpert and Tijuana Brass. So I wanted to be a trumpet player. Uh, they made me play piano, but neither of my parents were musicians, so they didn't know anything about music or, or how to learn. They said, well, you have to learn to play piano first. And I hated the piano. I said, why do I have to learn this? I want to play trumpet. So they eventually gave me a trumpet uh, at, at nine years old, and I played that for a year and totally sucked. I mean, I was terrible. Uh, and then that's when my, my, my Dutch band director, Mr. Beckendam, said, Pankos, you're going to play a tuba <laughs> you know, at the age of 10. Uh, and I loved it. And that was the instrument. Um, so my exposure to music, a lot of it was my parents listened to classical they listen to uh, um, jazz stuff, Dixieland stuff. They listen to a lot of show tunes, a lot of Broadway music. So I, I kind of really got uh, uh, a good exposure to, to Broadway music uh, and even Gilbert and Sullivan because I was in a lot of musicals. And I was in a couple of Gilbert and Sullivan productions. So I've always been involved in music and performance. So that's where I learned a lot of stuff. I, I, was, I played in orchestras, school orchestras, bands, concert bands, Dixieland bands, German bands, pit orchestras, pep bands you know, marching bands, you name it. Uh, and so a lot of my exposure is everything, but what I love now, which is, you know, hard rock, <laughs> which is what I play guitar on. Um, so it was very interesting. Australia got exposed to that. They just started having rock. And my, my school brought in a, a school rock band. The, 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 the high school actually had a band and they were incredibly loud and really horrible. <laughs> they, they could play smoke on the water. That was about it. Uh, but that was okay. It was new. And, but the but the teachers who grew up with you know swing and stuff like that were were, were saying okay, well this is new and different. The kids want to try it. Let's see. Um, and so all through school, I was like I say, I was exposed to all these other kinds of music because I was playing music so much. I wasn't really listening, and I didn't really rock. Just seemed weird to me, which is unusual for high school. But by college, there's two songs I heard that totally changed my opinion of music. Uh, one was Greengrass and High Tides by the Outlaws, and the other was Sultans of Swing by Dire Straits. Once I heard those two, I thought, okay, I know what I'm going to do once I stop playing tuba. Because <laughs> tuba after college, where do you go from a 300-piece marching band? You know, the local uh-huh. town band? Yeah, it's just boring. You know, unless I was going to be a Dixie. If I find a Dixieland band, I'll get a tuba again because I, I can still play it. Every once in a while, I go, like, rent one <laughs> just, just, just to keep my hand in. About every 10 years, I rent a tuba. Uh, I can still play it. But, um, but that was my exposure. So, but once I heard those two songs on guitar, I thought, I want to do that. That's more fun than tuba. You've got, you've got chords. You know, you've got all these notes. You, you don't have to read music. That was what I loved about guitar playing is you don't have to read music. And so now I'm putting all these demos. So if you go to YouTube, everybody, my, just go to, my channel is Greg Pangloss. That's my, I've got like five channels right now. But the, but the one that I use for music is just my own name, Greg Pangloss. Uh, and I've been, I've been playing along to, to demos. I'm still looking for a band. I'm having a terrible time trying to find a band. Anyway, that's my musical story. What's yours? Uh-huh. Um. I don't play any instruments. I tried, but um, I grew up, my parents were pretty young when they had me, so I grew up with disco, Earth, Wind, and Fire, Lionel Richie, the Commodores, Eagles, mm-hmm. Fleetwood mm-hmm. Mac, Elton John, Billy Joel, um, all that sort of thing. And then when I got more into high school, it was, you know, Bon Jovi, Motley Crue, but Prince, I love Prince, Madonna, all that stuff. And then college, I got more into, like, Oh, more classic rock like Led Zeppelin and The Doors, but then The Cure and more alternative music. And then Nirvana hit the scene, and I love Nirvana, Smashing Pumpkins, all that bands that came through the college town from all over, from New York and California and Minneapolis and Austin. Like, who is the other one? Um, uh, some of the con- not really country guys, but like Chris Dorte, like Stevie Ray Vaughan, that sound, stuff like that. But 
Yeah, a lot of different. And then I love the Pixies. I like more alternative stuff like that, too, kind of growing up. And then going later into the 90s, like Sublime and Blink-182 and Red Hot Chili Peppers and that sort of thing. So, you know a lot of groups. Here. No, this is really interesting. Yeah. I think Libra, Libras are more Cold art, play. you know, headed in. But you know what's interesting? When I talk about music, I talk about the, the types of music I played and the performances and the instruments. That's how That was my musical experience. Your musical experience is all these different groups. And I, I bet you you can pick events in your life and times in your life, and, you know, whether it was junior high, high school, or college, or, or working, and you know what groups were playing at that time. I'll bet you. Definitely. I'll yeah, remember, interesting. Like you growing up. I, my childhood was awesome, but we watched American Bandstand on Saturday mornings, and I remember when Madonna made her first, first, first guest visit with Dick Clark. Nobody really had heard of her yet. Madonna came on and did um, Holiday on there, and Dick Clark, I think, said she's going to be big or whatever, and Cindy Lauper was on there, and then we used to watch uh, Friday night videos because mm-hmm. we didn't quite have MP out where we lived yet and then I loved MTV but that's back like they said when they actually played videos and I remember loving Van Halen with David Lee Roth and all their videos and like your Dire Straits that was like one of the MTV opener things with their cartoon M and all that was Dire Straits and um, and then Duran Duran I love Duran Duran and some of the more theatrical stuff like I love the Killers and some of the bands like that too but I loved MTV I loved it, and that's kind of my influences. And then as I got into college, I got to go to concerts and do a lot more of that sort of thing and seeing live music, and I still love all that. I saw The Cure in Toronto, in Canada. I saw that's where I saw The Cure, actually. That hmm. was one of the best concerts I've been to. So, and one of the best books I've read is by Steven Tyler, not my favorite, but I grew up, for sure, with Aerosmith. But... He wrote a book, autobiography, you know how quick-witted it is. Does the noise in my head make you want to scream? And that's a fun <laughs> read. He's fun. But it's his life story where he grew up, and he grew up under his dad's piano. His dad was a piano tuner in New York, and they lived in an apartment. But then in the summers, they ran a camping resort in, like, the like the Poconos or somewhere up there in New York. But he uh-huh. had a real diverse chapter in the summers at the lake or he was in New York City under his dad's piano and then he was brought up playing classic um, piano and all that sort of thing so but his book's good it's about how he met the guys in the band and the ups and downs and the girls and just everything the drugs at all the drugs yeah, say, the yeah. yeah it's funny that he's um pretty quick-witted and stuff I, so I like him even more now after reading his book so but that's kind of the influences I had and my life growing up with music it's always been a big deal and of course you associate songs you hear with certain times like jerry rafferty the baker street song that takes me back to being a kid when we were boating and stuff my mom and dad had a lot of eight track tapes when that came out the boat even had an eight track plate um tape deck in it so wow. listen to a lot of oh, fire and pina colada song the margaritaville all that fun stuff so yeah but that's kind of how I associate music too with times of life, for sure. Yep. That's interesting. Pina song. That's 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 one of the ones that came out when I got my first job at 16, and I was working at a flying school, you know, as airplane cleaner, washer, you know, um, all, odd job person, whatever whatever they needed doing, I did. You know, we had a big storm. We had to move airplanes one day into a hangar across the field, and it was fun. 
I got to see uh, George Goebel and Betty Ford live at the airport. And, uh, you know, I was under an airplane. The Secret Service were kind of surprised. It's like, hi, guys, here I am. You can't be there. Okay, well, why did, why did you, weren't you looking under the airplanes, you idiots? I didn't say that, but this is what I'm thinking, right? <laughs> you have a lot of music. I mean, this is really interesting. Because, oh, I, I, you know, as a, as a non-musician, you obviously listen to a bunch of music, and you can relate it. And a lot of people do this. I don't because I play so much. You know, it's it's different with, with me. To to me, it's like a skill to be acquired, uh, and it's it's beautiful. I love playing music, and then now especially because I can improv, uh, improvise. But um, yeah, that's uh, for a lot of folks. The, the really, music really pegs the times in your life. It's quite fascinating. Pianki, what did you listen to growing up? Let's get your story. Get him unmuted here. Well, Pianki, what did you listen uh, to? I didn't listen to music. No. <laughs> What did you listen? What, no. what did you listen to? I don't. Uh, I didn't listen to music. Uh, I didn't care about uh, the things that uh, I guess some segments of the population enjoyed. But uh, I wasn't into no rock music, no soul music, anything like that. Huh? No blues, no gospel, no nothing. Broadway shows, anything well, classical? No blues. Okay. Country? Yeah. And I like hip hip hop, rap music, Beastie Boys, but now I even like country music. And I never liked that before. Oh, I just started. I even like country music. I like country music. Go figure. Well, listen, I, I didn't play country music on my radio in California because it just didn't seem appropriate, you know, because it didn't fit. But here, when I'm driving around Florida, I play country music all the time. It's, it's, it's interesting. The location makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. country in general. Now that it's not, I don't listen to classic country, I guess. But I like kind of like Luke Combs and some of the new stuff. I saw him in concert at the Wharf a couple of summers ago, and it was a, it was a good show. So I'm I'm diverse, so I like a little bit of everything. I guess it's hard to pick a favorite. You, I have like you, sections. Of go me. ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. I just had a thought. Oh no, go ahead. That's all I was gonna say. I'm diverse. Okay. I like a little bit of everything. Um, well, what I'm thinking is, uh, do you keep up with current bands? Because you could do a music hour every once in a while on the show. That'd be fabulous to report on the current bands, what they are, what they sound like, what's going on, concerts, things like that. A little bit. I um, I was doing better at it. Like I like the last newer band I saw was Breaking Benjamin. I saw them when they were at um, here at the Civic Center like two years ago or a year ago. Maybe it was a year ago. I saw them. They were really good. And I'm going to go to a concert at Vinyl. I like to go to Vinyl once in a while. But yep. I listen to my spot by premium, and that's where it's bad. Because I like my favorite songs, so I have, like, sections of music. And I just kind of tend to put that on versus listening to the real radio for music. But I could. I mean, and I don't have Cyrus XM really right now, serious or whatever. But um, I could keep up on it, but I'm kind of to where I don't. I just listen to my premium Spotify and listen to my playlist. So I wouldn't say I'm super current all the time. No, I'm just curious. With all that. Yeah. yeah, no big yeah. Mar- Marco sent me a website. I've copied it already. Uh, normally I would just type that in, but <clears throat> excuse me. For, for some reason it's not letting me type in anything today on live chat, which is weird. I don't know why. It's just, it's like, what's not going to work today? <laughs> it's kind of funny. I'll still mm-hmm. blog talk. Live chat wasn't working. Well, this is interesting. Okay. Wow. I, I had no idea. Where the show is going to go today? Of course, I never really know for sure because uh, I don't have a schedule. Um, but this is this is quite fascinating. Uh, let's probably take a break here for a couple of minutes. Uh, Michelle, do you want to stick around, or you want to go laze around and go have fun? 
I might need to head to the grocery store. Okay, let's we'll okay. do that. Well, well, thank you for calling the show. Don't be a stranger now. Now that you know that you know we're here and, and can call in. Yeah. I'm sorry. And I'm for having me on today and making my birthday special. And I hope you have an awesome birthday too. Well, thank you. Now the podcast will be done about 15 minutes after the show. So depending on if I go overtime, so between 10:15, 10:30, uh, you'll be able to listen to yourself and share it with all your friends. Oh boy. Okay, great. Yeah, I'll oh send boy. you the link. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you did a great job. Right. No, you're fabulous. No, no, no. no. It's, it's, uh, hang on, don't go away yet. I got one more thing. I got one more thing to do. Let me see if I can find it here real quick. Ah, uh, here we go. Thank you, Michelle. All right, thank you. Have a great day. <laughs> Have a great birthday. Don't forget right. the cake. Oh, okay. Well, bye bye. No, I, I I don't do cookies right now, so I'll, I'll have to have a spiritual cake. Someone always sent me a picture of one. What's a, <laughs> what you call birthday? Uh-huh. What you call birthday in other countries is called in Africa is called Earth Day. That's the day you came to the Earth. It was your mother oh. who birthed. It was her birth. It was her day to birth. Well, that's interesting. That's why you sent me uh, the, you sent me a message earlier. You know, happy birthday. Was it happy Earth Day to you? Birthday to your mother. That's fascinating. I didn't know that. Huh. Me either. I thought Earth so, Day was just about the trees. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michelle. You're still here. Oh, I said I thought Earth Day was just about, you know, trees. <laughs> well, in this country, Earth Day is, uh, you know, uh, Lenin's birthday. You know, so they took they took uh, Vladimir Ilyich Lenin, you know, the Russian Revolution dude before Stalin. Uh, and they, his birthday, April 22nd, they made that Earth Day. Because Earth Day really is a celebration of communism. Uh, it's, it's the environmentalists that want communism, uh, as opposed to real environmentalists that just want the place cleaner. The real environmentalists realized that uh, they were successful, that the cars are cleaner, the factories are cleaner, that everything is, is far cleaner than it was before. They've gone home. They've, they're, they're doing other things now. So they realized we won. You know, the whales got saved. Um, all, all the things that they were well, trying you know, for uh, worked out well. But the, the communist environmentalists, they're still around. They're the ones pushing this, this bogus climate change nonsense. But really, it's just another word for communism. Go ahead, Pianchi car battery. A car battery, when it's charged, it's in its unnatural state. When it's discharged, where it's not worth it, it's in its natural state. Now, if all societies was to stop today, within a period of time, everything would go back to the earth anyway. That's the market opening. Everything would go back to the earth anyway. All the skyscrapers, the cars, the planes, everything, the sun would deteriorate them and go back to dust. That would be back at its natural state. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, no, it's just this is why I love all these different perspectives and ways of looking at things, you know. So, uh, but uh, but but the environmental stuff is, is is really crazy. And I talked to Gregory Wrightstone about this. It's like they won. They got what the, you know. They they did a good thing. You know, the the Earth is cleaner. I remember flying into Los Angeles in 1970. You know, one of the first 747 flights from Hawaii, and it was terrible. I mean, it hurt your eyes. It was like flying into the dark. It looked like you were flying into a thunderstorm because there wasn't. Wow. It was just pollution. So, yeah. Well, go ahead. Your streets, the weeds would grow back up through the, the streets. The streets would become forests again. The blacktop would deteriorate because, you know, it, uh, the substance is made out of concrete. The older it gets, the weaker it gets. It crumbles back to sand and, and uh, cement. Everything would go back dust to dust. 
Well, that's that's yeah, that makes perfect sense. But it's also was it uh, the second uh, law of thermodynamics? Everything proceeds towards disorder. Right. Well, yeah, sort of, but not entirely. Hmm. I tell you, what was that movie that Will Smith made when uh, things was all screwed up? Uh, the cities, the, the streets oh. in the cities, New York was. Uh, you know, Man, I robot. You mean I robot? The one with Will Smith. No, it was I am or something. Him and his dog was running around, and some of the people was underground. They turned to zombies. They would come out. Everybody had to be back. That was left had to be back in the house and lock the doors. But in the daytime, they would go back into dark spots. But him going down the street in New York, trees was up through the the, the pavement and so on and so on. But uh, that's I mean that's what would happen. Uh, the the statue the movie living would is. deteriorate. All those yeah. things would deteriorate and go back to uh, the natural self. The movie is I Am Legend. Thank you, Marco. And, okay. And now back to our go. regularly scheduled programming. Michelle, you're still here. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm going to go now. I thought I left, but I guess I didn't. So no, I'm you have to hang to up. I, I can hang <laughs> you up, but I generally don't do that because I've had people say, oh, okay. I'll be gone in just a minute, and they stay for the whole three hours. I mean, I've had crazy things happen. So go. Go have fun. Happy uh, birthday. Bye. Happy birthday. <laughs> All right. Goodbye now. <laughs> Just you and me, Pianki. <laughs> yeah, this is interesting. Well, let's take a they break. They say anyway. that uh, uh-huh. we got our oceans and waters during the formation of the Earth. You had asteroids that carried a lot of water, H2O. Yeah. They hit the planet and went through the chemical process, and now we have our oceans and our rivers and streams. Yeah. Well, I've got I've got a couple of choices here. I've got um, there was I wanted to play a show when we originally wrote our first bill on the air because I didn't think I didn't know if I'd have callers or not today. Um, turns out we had a great caller, Michelle. Like I say, uh, you know, I just found out recently we had the same birthday. I said, "Call the show. Let's find out. Let's see, let's see what we have in common here." Uh, so that was interesting. I got a few, couple more friends with with birthdays today too. Uh, and, and this is the first year on Facebook I've actually done that. I never, I never uh, published it before. And today I only did it for friends and, of course, you know, the folks that listen to the show. Especially once I found out my birthday and all my public information, all my information is public anyway. In Florida, they, they, they publish all your stuff um, because once you register to vote. It's really terrible. I mean, I'm hoping that, that law changed. But um, that's a dirty little secret is that Florida doesn't care about your personal information. Your credit card company will keep it secret, but not the state of Florida. So after that point, I thought, eh, everybody knows anyway. <laughs> Might as well just have some fun with it. Um, so I've got a few things we can. You, you, I don't know. You want to take a break and a cup of coffee for yourself, or uh, are you? Or, uh, you afraid the attorney general uh, threatened financial companies that if you don't lend money to illegals, we're going to sue you. Let's talk about that. I've got an article on that too. But let's uh, let's. Uh, and it's not. It's, uh, yeah, it's not Mary Garland. I think it comes right from from Brandon himself. I think that where let me see if I can find that one. No, so I've got like these 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 various. I got rid of some of the older articles. This is, I mean, the, 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 most of the articles that I that I pick for the show don't actually uh, ever get reported. Uh, ah, here we go. Found it. Here's what we're talking about. And this says this is from a daily caller. 
uh, Biden administration, which, of course, there is no such thing. Uh, it's the Brandon Obama insurrection, for those that are wondering. Uh, Daily Caller calls. This is from uh, Will Kessler four days ago. Brandon insurrection, my words, threatens banks that refuse to lend money to illegal immigrants, which are actually illegal aliens. And says the let me just say the the Brandon Obama, you know, coup released a statement Thursday warning financial institutions against using a person's immigration status in credit applications. Well, that's wrong, too, because illegal aliens have no immigration status because they can't be here. They're not immigrants. Back to the article. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Well, that's a new one. The CFPB. And the Department of Justice, well, I know who they are, the DOJ, released a joint statement telling financial institutions that while it is not illegal to consider a person's immigration status, or I would say lack thereof, uh, in the decision on whether to lend money, an over-reliance on it could run afoul of the law. So, so Pianki, what the hell does that mean? It's not illegal, but if you do it, you still, it still might be illegal. Is that BS or what? It's probably out of the minds of whoever's in the background running, trying to run the country. That's, that's ignorance. That's, that's, that's plain ignorance. Confusion. Yeah, because yeah, they're saying, you know, it's not illegal to do it, but we don't want you to do it anyway. <laughs> that's BS. It's either legal or it's not. You know, and, and who is the government to tell institutions who they can lend to? The whole point of, of lending is you lend to money, you lend money to people who you know can pay it back. That's what we got. They're not the, just like yeah. he's not supposed to waive laws. Well, and, but the problem, here's the problem I have. I, I know what Brandon's going to do. I know he's going to do what Obama tells him to do. And he's just going to sign things. So Obama said very clearly, I've got a pen and a phone. I don't need Congress. I'll just do it if they don't. All right. So we know how he operates. That's not my problem. I understand him. My problem is all the geldings the gelding Republicans and the lack of another party to stand up to, to these, these wacko Marxist deep state people and just tell them to stop, defund them, get rid of them, put them in jail, stop them from, from destroying the country. Because we can't. We don't have the power right now. But the people that do have the power refuse to exercise it. They can't even elect a speaker. They can't even elect uh, Jim Jordan. And I've, I've already posted, if, if Jim Jordan's not the speaker, you know, I'm, I'm once again uh, getting rid of my Republican Party status. I only had it to... Uh, uh, to vote in, in the election in 2020 anyway. But I don't need it. Or oh, it was 2022. But I don't need it. I don't have to vote Republican in, in 2024. You know, it, it'd be interesting if Trump became an independent. I think he should go independent now. Get rid of the Republican Party. So the election would really be between uh, uh, Robert Kennedy and Donald Trump. And the, the Republican and the Democrat candidates wouldn't matter. Wouldn't that be interesting? What do you think? Well, it needs. there has to be some some drastic changing to get back to normal. And the normality is is how it came out in uh, seventeen what eighty one seventeen eighty seventy nine that's that's getting back to normal. Mm-hmm. Right now things are completely bonkers, uh, Greg. Oh, I know. You know, and I remember even when I got here in the seventies, things were starting to decline, and we had in the Carter administration, and we had the Nixon impeachment, you know, things like that. But uh, we need America. We need like Eisenhower's America. You know, Eisenhower, one of the most underrated presidents ever, kept us out of war. Well, I don't know if he was he was he there for he was no great. Truman was Korea. So Eisenhower, I think, was like fifty four to sixty, if I remember. Yeah, he was at a uh, he was at some ceremony when he was talking about veterans, and he broke down crying. Yeah, well, he was the commander in, in Europe. He's the one that basically he landed broke down it. crying. Yeah, he had empathy. Yes, he was. 
He was something else, him and Pat. Isn't it something yeah. how you have uh, all of that together? You know, and this at that point in our country's history, yeah, both white guys too. How about that? Um, but at, at that point in our history, you know, the best and the brightest came forward. It wasn't uh, a group think. It wasn't a, you know, we didn't have these ridiculous political pressures that uh, they they just. And in those days, the best and the brightest could come forward. They were pro. They were unabashedly, unashamedly pro-American. You know, even though the fact that Eisenhower had a German name, nobody accused him of being a Nazi, at least as far as I know. But I mean, you know, the fact, the fact that he was uh, of German descent, as are a lot of Americans. I mean, uh, I think Germans are the second largest ethnic group in the country uh, by nationality, or largest na- national group um, after uh, the British. So the British should be number one, German number two, and I guess other Europeans after that. And then we got Asian folks and everybody else that came here, African folks that came here. But uh, the German population in the United States, you know, I mean, Pennsylvania Dutch, where they came from Germany. I don't know how they got the name Pennsylvania Dutch. Actually, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> Maybe that was a reaction to World War One, but uh, but all this stuff is, is quite fascinating. You know how it came about. Well, yeah, it's it crazy. is. It, uh, yeah, but, but we were a better country. Yeah. Yeah, you. Think about and I can't deny that you had more morals, family. Uh-huh. A lot of that came out of strong family, which. You don't have that today. The, the ideology that people utilize today is, uh, you know, like they talk about basic uh, income and where you don't have to 32-hour week. Somebody, some people say 24-hour week. You know who gave us the 48-hour day? That was uh, Henry Ford. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and unions too. The unions fought for for a, a shorter day because people were working twelve hour days, seven days a week, and they were dying. They're dying at like thirty five. They're working themselves to death. You know, because companies didn't care. And th- this is the difference. You know, folks talk about slavery as the greatest evil on the planet, and slavery is a great evil on the planet. However, I think it's just as evil, if not more so, to take people and make them expendable, and work them literally to death, starting from the young age of a child. And put them in factories and mills and bakeries and and uh, you know all these horrible mines, these horrible places that people had to work. You know, and the, the conditions well, were appalling. The the say slavery is the greatest even misnomer. Slavery's been around since man. Yeah. So that there's a bunch of uh, hogwash. They only well, I said it just because. Yeah. But but I do that because of the political situation that people that's that's the that's the one thing everybody says oh this country's found slavery we're a racist country all this other nonsense I'm like you know what yeah you try, right. try working in a steel mill at 12 years old mm-hmm. you know and and get black or go into a coal mine at like 14 and and get lung cancer at you know 32 like a dog barking across the street well, the, horses got, the horses are working in the coal mines too so they uh, yeah in the mules. Yeah. But the thing was, a slave was an investment, was property, so you wanted to maintain your property. As disgusting as that sounds, human beings under, under early uh, corporate uh, labor laws were expendable because there's always another human being. They were replaceable. It, di- it didn't cost the company money other than the wage, the substandard wage, you know, to get the work done. And they made more money off that anyway. You know, so the wages were terrible. They're almost non-existent. The conditions were horrible. Uh, and in the company towns, as we talked about, you know, they, they didn't pay you in money. They paid you in script, which was redeemable at the store, and to pay rent. And they always overcharged, so people went into debt. 
So let's get back to our article <laughs> because this is, this is pretty bad. The, the, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, this idea that uh, Obama Brandon can tell banks um, that they, they, have, they can't you know, question a person's uh, citizenship. Now, as you know, we have a bill to correct that. We have our citizenship Decla- declaration bill, which puts your citizenship right in your driver's license. And it prohibits anybody from making a loan uh, if, they're not a, if they're not a citizen or a permanent resident. You know, if you're like a visa person who's temporarily here, what do you what do you want to loan for? You're not going to be here long enough. You know, and so there are ways around this, but it's, this is why we're doing our legislation day, because all the stuff that's being that's being talked about, no one's ever offering a solution except us. We figured out how to deal with this, but it's, it's like that banking thing all over again. You know, the the, the Consumer Protection Homeowner Act or whatever that uh, thing that uh, uh, Jimmy Carter signed. You know, that uh, Bill Clinton advanced where they were making loans uh, just based on uh, the fact that the banks had to make loans because it was the American dream. People had to have a house. Well, those people couldn't pay the loan back. And so then we got the savings and loan and then the banking and then the, uh, the mortgage crisis. Anyway. Huh. Still there? I <laughs> just want to make sure. Am I broadcasting to myself? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. Just want to check. Got a little quiet there for a minute. All right. Let's take a break now. Uh, and we've got a bunch of other issues that, that we can talk about. I think I'll, I'll forego my, um, uh, my, my playing of a, of a recording of an interview. I'll save that for another time because I'd rather talk to Bianchi. It's much more fun. All right. 844 is the time here. We're over halfway through our show. Take a break. I'll give you the, the contact information and be right back. So, Bianchi, grab a cup of coffee. Come on back. Settle in. We've got uh, a little over an hour and we can settle many more problems. This will be quite, uh, quite interesting. So, yeah, I get to celebrate my birthday with you. This is kind of cool. All right. Be right back. Here is your Action Radio contact and website information. The call-in line is 215-383-3832. Our show site is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Same link, live and a podcast. Please share all our shows. We have live chat at the bottom of the broadcast page available worldwide. Sign in to your free account and type away. We have an internet Skype line where you can call the show worldwide also. Please see the broadcast page for our Skype name. Call in during the show to get approved. Our bill writing site is writeyourlaws.com. W-R-I-T-E-Y-O-U-R-L-A-W-S. Writeyourlaws.com. This is where anyone can write a bill and start the process of it becoming law. My paid and free subscription column is at gregpenglis.substack.com. Please consider a paid subscription of $5 per month or greater. For contributions to Action Radio, please go to givesendgo.com slash actionradio. We have over 20 Action Radio Facebook groups. Use the Facebook search window by putting in Action Radio to find our groups. My public email is greg at writeyourlaws.com. Please contact me about advertising on Action Radio and helping our mission of freedom. Thank you for listening. Greg Penglis here for my book, The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction. Everyone at some point in their life wants to learn how to fly. Few try. Even fewer go on to get a license. I believe a major reason for that is how we teach people how to fly. 
My book is designed to help you navigate the flight training system, but it's so much more than that. It really describes an entirely new way to teach flying. So if you've never tried a lesson or got discouraged in your training and quit for any reason, this book can help you. Don't be a rope pilot who just follows procedures. Be a thinking pilot who makes great decisions, who understands all the reasons why we do what we do. You can incorporate these principles into your own flight training at any time. The Complete Guide to Flight Instruction is featured on the Action Radio with Greg Pankless Facebook page and is available from Amazon.com. This is Greg Penglis for Strike Force, your source for pure energy. Strike Force is a concentrated energy drink that turns a half liter of your favorite beverage into an energy drink. You make your energy drink yourself. Action Radio is an affiliate of Strike Force, so our listeners get a 20% discount. All you do is add our code WYL to the discount code window at checkout. W-Y-L comes from our website, Write Your Laws. So, you can get your energy drink, a 20% discount, and help Action Radio change the relationship of we the people to our government. Not bad. Strikeforce is at StrikeforceEnergy.com. That's StrikeforceEnergy.com. Start your engines. Do you know your way around healthcare, insurance, pharmacies, surgery, alternative treatments and choices? I don't. Which is why I'm so glad I met Priscilla Romans, had her on Action Radio, and learned about health patient advocacy. She is the founder of Great Care. And now as an affiliate of Great Care, we are proud to offer through our discount code, WYL, which stands for Write Your Laws, a 10% discount. Grave Care saves you both time and money. They provide medical advocacy, consultation, advice, and recommendations nationwide. Their website is gravecare.com. That's G-R-A-I-T-H-Care.com. You can email them at gravecare.adm at gmail.com or call them at 469-864-7149. That's 469-864-7149. Great care, better health through better knowledge and advocacy. Action Radio, part of the ADHD Radio Network, the ultimate free speech zone. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed and have the power through juries to nullify the laws by which we do not consent to be governed. At Action Radio, we don't report the news. We are the news. Every other show reports what has happened. We talk about what can happen. From the questions no one has thought to ask, to the answers no one has thought to consider, to the actions no one has dared to take. That is Action Radio. All right. 
right. So I had Pianki muted just because we had some background noise. So I just had to uh, take you off there for a little bit. So I think I recognize this number. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to guess. But uh, I'm pretty sure this is Wendy, our Oh My God reporter. Hello, Wendy. Good morning. Mm-hmm. And, and happy birthday. Happy Are you going to say? Wait, 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 wait. We have, we have Mike in, in joining in today. He wanted to join in with the happy birthday wishes. Oh well, thanks, Mike. I really appreciate that. No, but you have to sing when I'm 64. So that that, that was no, my request for today. That. You can't. I got the words right here. No. Will no. you still <laughs> need me? Will you still feed me hey, when well, I'm 64? Okay, fine. What was you that, Mike? Did. All right. You sang it. Wow. Well. So now I'm covered from my next birthday. There you go. Well, you can sing too. I'll Even sing to you next year. No, I'm gonna be 39. 39. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> Much more fun. <laughs> well, I, I but everybody else has done the when I'm 64 today. So can can we just do our, our version of Happy Birthday for you? Yes, please go ahead. I'm I'm listening with with uh, intent heat. You know, I was going to say date of breath, but that doesn't make sense. Listening intently, please go ahead. And if it'll help you out, Amy, we'll do a little bit of yellow submarine. <laughs> that were that, okay. That's that's good. That, I wasn't planning on that, but hey, why not? Go for it. Okay. Are we ready? Um, I guess. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greg. Happy birthday to you. Oh, that was fabulous. <laughs> Harmony and everything. Oh, no, the audience likes it, too. Yeah, the, the audience loves you guys. That's great. Well, we're so glad that you're having a good birthday. <laughs> I'm having a fabulous time. You know, where else? Would, I mean, there's no place I'd rather be than right here, you know, on the air with you guys. Like I say, Pianchi's on the line, too. And I the words of your fellow countrymen. Yes. The words of your fellow countrymen might get stopped. No, oh. honey. No, no. That's he, what they say. He's from Canada. No, he's from he's, Australia. He lived in Australia, but he's from Canada. Well, well, Sorry, straight guys. Okay. okay. All, all so, same thing. No, yeah, we're so. trying. <laughs> We just defended two nations, Canada. You've been everywhere, Greg. Uh, no, not everywhere. I, I, I want to do. I want to broadcast from Tokyo. I want to do an Asian show. I mean, there's a, a lot of places I want to go. I want to go to South America. I want to go to Africa. Those are the places I haven't been. So uh, yeah, there's some places to go. I've seen Europe a few times. It's been great. Um, but uh, there's parts of the world I have not been to. But I want to, you know, as as the show gets going here, once we get our big break, I want to, you know, take take a tour. Uh, we've got Shelby, as um, I think uh, Pianki mentioned earlier, um, that we need to start doing some trips. And I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're going to do it. <laughs> you know, first one's Belize. We're all going to okay. Belize for a week. No, I'm serious. Well, we private jet, you know. No, well, we might, we might need more than my airplane, although uh, I post a couple of things. Uh, on, on a site from a person you know, you know, with her favorite car, then we had your favorite car, right. then we had my favorite car, and then I had two airplanes, and nobody's looked at the airplane videos or, or reacted to it. That's, that's kind of fascinating. I guess you guys are, are in car world. But uh, no, remember Alan Dawson? Were you, were you ever on the show when Alan was on? Pianchi was on. He was always asking him what was on the lunch menu. That was hysterical. But um, Alan <laughs> Dawson's, <laughs> well, you know how it goes. Alan Dawson's my tour guide friend who's in uh, Belize. And I met him on two tours okay. when I was actually working with Shelby uh, on cruise ships. So I did a couple of week uh, adventures with her. That's how we met. And so I got to know Alan Dawson. 
And uh, we became friends and communicated ever since. And uh, so he's been on the show a few times. Um, he was on when COVID was going on because he couldn't work. He's another tour guide, right? We're everywhere. And so I said, well, Alan, do you think you could put something together for us for Action Radio for a week? He's like, yeah, come on down. <laughs> so we're all going to go down to Belize one day. All right. Uh, yeah, yeah. I got plans. Uh, but we just got to break through the censorship. There you go. So my plans have been delayed unnaturally. Otherwise, we'd be world famous by now. You know, I'm convinced of it. But, uh, <laughs> under normal un, under normal circumstances. Well, you know, we got our our yeah. citizen legislation day. That's going to be a big deal too. It is going to be a big deal, and all in God's time, it, it'll all work out. Yeah, well, God's time. I, God doesn't give me the schedule ahead of time. <laughs> that's one of the problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're not alone in that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, I see things in God's time. Yeah, he doesn't give me the pieces. He makes me work all these weird jobs that have no connection until I get to be, you know, 64. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, that's why you did it. Okay, thanks. Now I understand. Could have explained it earlier. <laughs> but no. Okay. Well, I hope that you have a great rest of your birthday. I hope that you get all kinds of wonderful little uh, love notes from God throughout your day and, and that you will just feel special. Wait a minute. Hold on. Yes, God. Yes, we are talking about you. Yes, I know it's your schedule. I'm sorry. I don't know why I was questioning. I don't know what I was thinking. Okay, just stay tuned for coming adventures. Got it. Thanks, God. Appreciate the help. For those that don't know, this is the only show that God calls directly. But as, as, uh, as Marco says, his ringer is from the 80s. But, uh, you know, God, God can choose his own ringer. I don't really... You know, that's how it goes. <sighs> that's right. I had to show that. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> bless your day. I, I just think this is a, a good start to it, and, and I really do hope you get to enjoy the rest of it. Oh, well, I'm enjoying it now, but I, I enjoy all my days. I mean, I've got guitar playing to do. I, could, I don't know what I'm do. I'll probably do something silly for myself. You know, uh, I'll, I'll figure something out. This, this, this town is full of such wonderful things, and they're all walkable, which is really great. So, uh you know, maybe I'll try the latest to craft beer at, uh, at our local uh, watering hole, which we have a few of. I'm trying to get a beer show, by the way. I want a beer and wine like hour, like, like once a month. We're going to work on that too. All right, guys. Thank you. Have fun. Take care. Okay. Good work. Yeah. Appreciate okay, it. Well, you Thanks, Mike. Great voice, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you should record him. Make some videos. You know, get to, get. Oh, they're gone. But uh, we need to get that voice uh, voice recorded somehow, some way. Pianki, what do you think? This is kind of fun today. <laughs> <laughs> Again, not what I expected. Yeah, all kinds of great expectations. Yeah, yeah. So we have a change in plans. Um, I just heard from CJ. Uh, I had I didn't have her scheduled officially today, but uh, she was nice enough to let me know ahead of time. Hey, I'm calling in. It's like okay, great. <laughs> so things have been, uh, like I say, are a little a little bit scattered. Today. So let's play her theme, bring her on, and we're going to talk health a little bit. What is health? What does it take to stay healthy? We have a longer lifespan than 100 years ago, but is the quality of life any better? 100 years ago, their food was better. They got more exercise. They weren't as fat. They didn't have preservatives, antidepressants, sugar in everything, and they didn't have vaccines. If you talk about alternative health care, people think of crystals, incense, Strange candles, Ouija boards, notions, potions, lotions, and total hippies telling you to detox, man. So let's change our system of sick care into wellness. Let's get healthy. Let's lower our stress, 
Stop taking in poisons, eat and drink organic, clean food, and let's have a chat with CJ, because this is CJ's Wellness Watch on Action Radio. Hey, gorgeous. Missed you while you were traveling. So glad to have you back. How you doing? Hi. Hi. I forgot to send you a, an updated picture the other day. I'll have to send it to you since we only talk to each other via radio, and I'm not on much social media other than Instagram, so I'll send that mm. to you. But, okay, that uh, sounds good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's nice to be back, and I apologize for the miscommunication. Yeah, I think I did have marked off today because we've got birthday stuff, but I, I'm back in town. Let me text you. So I wasn't sure because I've been traveling so much. So if I if I mess you up, I completely apologize. Oh no, you didn't mess me up at all. No, no, this is. In fact, I'm glad you texted when you did because uh, well, the way it worked out was kind of crazy. We had uh, Michelle from here, who's a friend of mine, who has the same birthday I do, which is today. Um, so I was curious to talk to somebody, you know, with a shared birthday. What's that? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, you can sing, but you have to sing when I'm 64. So this is the only year you sing it. Oh. Birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Greg. Happy birthday to you. Aww. <laughs> Thank you. I really appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm 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 asking people. In fact, uh, Bill Fecky actually did it this morning. First thing when uh, when I first came on the show, I said, if you want to sing today, you got to sing when I'm 64, and this is the only year you can do it. So you got to drag out your Beatles lyrics. Will you still feed me? Will you still need me when I'm 64? Boom boom. Anyway, <laughs> I'll sing it. So uh, so yeah. So the world looks pretty good at 64. I'm feeling fabulous. No prescription drugs. You know, I exercise, you know, getting the weight down. Uh, I've got a, a huge future ahead with Action Radio. Uh, I know the boss, so they're not going to fire me. Um, so uh, life's good. That's awesome. I'm so glad to hear that. I'm so glad to hear that. But, yeah, I've been doing a, a, a bit of traveling, finally back, um, kind of, sort of, in the homestead. And um, I'm not going to be traveling again until um, – Probably sometime in December. My family is all up in Pennsylvania, so at mm-hmm. some point I will see, see them, and then possibly the beginning of the year doing some traveling to Alabama and Florida, which I'm I'm looking yeah. forward to. So well, don't forget uh, that, don't forget a legislative day, uh, Citizen Legislation Day, January seventh. That's right. I have it marked. Yeah, good. So we're starting to talk about that now with the. Contract signed, you know, on our way, everything's official, so uh, so life is good. So we're going to be having – I'll talk about this more uh, another time because I think CJ's time yeah, is a little yeah, bit we'll limited today. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's going to be great. I want to mention one thing because you said Pennsylvania. Marco texted us in earlier from the Netherlands. Uh, we were talking about Pennsylvania Dutch, and I thought, well, they're mostly German. How does that happen? So he says, in the 18th and 19th century in, uh, English, the word Dutch was used to refer to the broad Germanic region uh, encompassing modern-day oh. Netherlands, Germany, Belgium, Austria, and Switzerland, and so could quite appropriately uh-huh. refer to those settlers in Pennsylvania. Yeah, they call them Pennsylvania Dutch, but they are mostly German, like the, from the Amish and a bunch right. of the Mennonites and some other folks that oh. settled. So what's your family? Yeah. What's your family background in, in Pennsylvania? And do you trace it exactly back to Germany? Exactly that. I grew, up, I grew up in the Amish country, in the country, um, Pennsylvania Dutch. My father was German. My mother was Italian. Need I say more? They divorced when I was in high school. Um, yeah, that happens. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, but a little classic cultures there. But yes, I I mean I love Amish country and the horse and buggies and all the farmland and I I grew up in that neck of the woods and absolutely loved it. Hmm. 
Yeah, I went through yeah. there once. Uh, my folks took a, a motorhome trip, which greatly hastened their divorce. Uh, That's a great test for marriage people. By the, for married people, by the way, if you want to know if your marriage is going to survive, take a motorhome trip because you're you're you know you're 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 in close space. <laughs> you know, you're, you're traveling, which is stressful. Um, and right. uh, all they did was argue. And I thought, you know, I'm seeing myself, I can't wait for these people to get divorced. It's going to be so much more peaceful. One of them by themselves I can handle, but both of them at the same time, no, that was, that was just too much. And I was like, you know, 14, 14 at the time. <laughs> it was like, no, no, this is not working out, folks. So, uh, yeah, so that, that's exactly what happened. But, yeah, it was high school. Uh, they split up. But, yeah, yeah. But I love the country. And they had this, I remember in, in Pennsylvania, they had, in the Amish country, there was this incredible bacon vinaigrette salad thing I've never had since. It was like the, the world's greatest oh, salad dressing. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking it about? It was so good. You, yep. So you had, this, yep. you had that same one? Isn't that funny? Yeah, and I think it was made, I think we talked about this a little bit quite some time ago, um, if my memory serves me correctly. It was mm-hmm. like a bacon vinaigrette dandelion dressing. Dandelion. I don't remember dandelion, and, but I remember it was sweet and it was it was yeah. bacony. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the best dressing I've ever had. But they only get it, you only get it in the Amish country. You can't find it anywhere else because they, they're the only people that make yeah, it. I think um, I, I might, somebody in my family, or I might even have it, because I got, even though I don't cook a lot, really, I got my mm-hmm. grandmother's old recipes, like from rhubarb pie and, like, all the stuff. And, like, if I, I don't eat sweets. I don't eat cake, sugars, candies, anything like that. However, mm-hmm. I say the however, mm-hmm. the only, like, sweet growing up that I would eat was rhubarb pie, because I love rhubarb and if i could make a healthier rhubarb without all that sugar or even have it once a year i have the recipe um and it's so good but yes i know what you're talking about that it had kind of was like a white film to it right the dressing i was um, cloudy i don't remember being okay. white but i remember being cloudy yeah and then you got it in a mason yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they yeah, sold so it they sold it, and we bought like a case, <laughs> but you know, but uh, you couldn't. Uh, well, maybe they ship now. I'll have to look. I'll see if it's online. Otherwise, I'll I'll, I'll bribe your family with PayPal. You know, things. Like, hey, can I can you guys ship me some uh, some uh, Amish bacon vinaigrette dressing? That'd be no, great. I, I ask my mother. My family might be coming to see me sometime for the holidays here, and then I'm going up to Pennsylvania. So if I yeah, bring me a case. Amish, I will. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I will gladly pay you Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'll That'd be fabulous. But it's it's good, it's good. But you know, um, when I was away, and and you know, please, I, I don't remember what we talked about the last time that I was okay. on. So if if I happen to repeat myself, say, oh yeah, we talked. Don't worry about, about that. it. We have new listeners anyway, I, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Besides, I've already forgotten, I, so you know. <laughs> and I'll, I'm going to pull up the exact information actually while we're while we're talking, but. Um, mm-hmm. If you go on to my Rumble channel, and this was like last week when I was at the Which meet, is? So Let's I, get your Rumble channel. Mm-hmm. What's your Rumble it's channel so people Angel, know? Yep, the Angel Warrior Network. <laughs> the Angel Warrior, and run all the words together, the Angel Warrior Network. In fact, you're going to be coming on our show here shortly. Um, so I know <clears> yeah, we can talk about that off the up. air, but we can talk on the air. Yeah, I've got it scheduled for next week. Yep, yep, we'll be doing Constitution stuff. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes, so that'll absolutely. Be good. That'll be good. I'll, I'll um, have to read about that. Marco said his windows just broke from a sonic boom. Oh, no, Pianchi said sonic boom. Uh, Marco just in the Netherlands says his windows just broke. Marco, are you near a, a NATO base? That, that, you know, uh, I guess they're probably doing a lot more flying these days because of Israel and Ukraine. No, I'm just curious. I don't remember the base there, but anyway, so, so yeah. So that's the news from the Netherlands. We have instant, <clears throat> instant European contact here. <laughs> it's really kind of cool. Oh. Anyway, back to you. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that's okay. And now back so to our regular scheduled program. <laughs> I had put up the latest. Have you seen the latest interview um, with Dr. Artist? No, but I know Dr. Artist. He's a friend of mine. So what's what's the latest? Yes, mine too. Um, and I'm going to pull it up. So if you go to my Rumble channel, I mm-hmm. actually record three parts, part one, part two, and part three. And I'll give, I, I can hit some highlights in there so that people know. I, a lot of, a lot of the information that he talked about, a lot of details, I was not aware of. And mm-hmm. it all made, it all made sense. We had talked about, you know, with viruses, I'm not talking about the dab or COVID, but all, all the things, okay, mm-hmm. um, that for the past four years, what's been discovered, as we all know, is the power of nicotine, right? The power of nicotine, the power of glutathione, the power of the correct type of glutathione, the correct type of vitamin C, D mixed with K. And again, I'm, I've watched this like three times. It's like two and a half hours long, so I divided mm. it up into parts. And wow. I know it almost like the back of my hand. I mean, and I'm going to go through. It's almost like sitting in, you know, a conference class where you want to go through and take notes. But I'm going to scroll a lot because I get very excited talking about this. Then, oh, you're on the right show. <laughs> we, we always yeah. go all over the place. Yeah, it's normal for around here. Yeah. So I did not know one of the pieces of information that I did not know was that on all of our cell receptors, right? We've talked about telomeres. That's a whole different thing. But in, mm-hmm. in and on our cells, we have nicotine receptors. I did oh, not know that. I think I've heard that before, and but I'm so, not sure. It, sound, it sounds vaguely familiar, though, but yeah. Because Josie's talked about nicotine, right. and I've, I've heard something. From, I might have even seen this video. I don't know. But I remember hearing that, uh, I think Brian Artis, when he was on the show uh, about five or six months ago, talked about this. He talked about snake venom, and he talked about nicotine. Yeah, okay, gotcha. But he digs Mm -hmm. deeper into it. Like, there's been more found out about the nicotine, is what I'm saying. Because I remember when I interviewed him, and he was saying one of the potential solutions or one of the helpful remedies, I don't want to say solutions that can help, whether you got the dab, didn't get the dab, had the virus, spike what all the things, right, because Mm -hmm. um, because of the venom from the snake that's been proven. He goes into that a lot. Um, is that nicotine can't bind or does bind, whatever. Like the nicotine will pull out the snake venom. So he says Mm -hmm. he and his wife, he wears, I think, three milligrams every day. And you cannot get addicted to nicotine. And we've been brainwashed to think that nicotine is addictive and causes cancer and all that. It is not that. It's the other things. And there was a word that starts with a P. I can't remember what it is. Like I said, I got to go back and write it down. Phenolphthalein? That comes to mind. I don't, I don't know why. Yeah, some, something like that. Um, yeah. That they put into cigarettes and cigars and tobacco. So it's, it's all the other things that they add to these products, mm-hmm. the chemicals, all the things that make it addictive and make it better. But nicotine by itself and alone, that's why you can't get addicted to the nicotine patches. The nicotine is not going to hurt you. Because that was one of my questions initially half a year ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, why do I want to put that in my body? Why do I want to do this? Am I going to get lung cancer? Am I going to get this? And he didn't really have an answer at that point in time because, again, the knowledge and the research has evolved. 
And so mm-hmm. this podcast was so amazingly detailed. Um, I really encourage people to watch it. Yes, it's long, but it's one of those things that if you start listening to it and you listen to it again and again, each time you're going to pick up something different. And I was so addicted to listening to it. Like I said, I listened to it three times in a row and my daughter listened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, chose that way, by the way, my, the more you listen, the more you pick up because we, we, we talk so fast right. and cover so much that it's just, it's critical to listen often, right. early and often. Right. Keep that in mind, folks. But one I'm of sorry. the other things <laughs> in regards to nutrition, again, mm-hmm. that I, that I wasn't sure if he's like, believe it or not. And this, I did not know this. Okay, I did not know this, that there is, God's given us, we knew that every, God's given us everything that we need in nature, herbs, et cetera, et cetera, to heal our bodies, right? You just have to be knowledgeable or go to the resources that, that know this. But what mm-hmm. I did not know is that there are actually that have nicotine in them. Did you well, know that? Was, that? that was a question I was wondering because glutathione uh, is in all the stuff I eat, salmon, avocados, walnuts, you know, that's also good brain food. It's also gross hair. You know, these foods are like superfoods, strawberries, blueberries, you know, these things have, have okay. glutathione in them, uh, eggs, things like what? that. But what, what, yeah. the, what, what foods have nicotine? Okay, well, let me get there. No, you're right. But going back to my original statement, and he makes it mm-hmm. really clear, I mean, the point of his podcast was not this, but he, he, he mentioned it. Like, it's the type of glutathione. It's the type of nicotine. In other words, mm. you cannot get all that you need from nature. Nature has provided it, but because everything has been tainted and the soil of where things grow that we know are good for us, right? right. It's that whole lip- liposomal. It's the whole bioavailability. How much is your body absorbing? You know, so mm-hmm. you have a ton of factors that go into that. But, but. What he is saying, the point that he made, which I thought was phenomenal, again, that I did not know, is that there are certain foods that God has given us that have nicotine in it. So if nicotine is so addictive, then why aren't people addicted to the foods that have nicotine in it? Instead of Mm. craving a donut or craving potato chips or craving a Reese's peanut butter cup or a Starbucks coffee or whatever, why aren't people addicted and craving the foods that have natural nicotine in them. Great it's point, good question. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think so, cocoa is more addictive. That's why we eat chocolate. <laughs> that's probably more addictive than nicotine. Right. But that yeah. point was being is that nicotine is not bad for you. Nicotine mm-hmm. has a lot of healing properties for the body. Again, I did not know this. Other than six months ago, you know, putting a nicotine pass on myself, which I told you, I think really, 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 really helped me. And I just, huh. after that podcast, I bought more nicotine patches. You know, and, and I've got um, a seminar and some speaking I'm doing at a wellness conference tonight and things like that. So if I'm outside right. my home, I will cut a seven milligram um, <clears throat> nicotine patch and I'll put, you know, three milligrams on my arm when I go out in addition to glutathione and all the other things that I use. But I will do that. And it's supposed to help protect from some shedding, from receiving a virus because it can't stick to nicotine. So let's talk okay, about so shedding. Again, where, so, so people understand and put it in context. Where, what, what's being shed and who's shedding it? Yeah, that's a good question. And I, and I have convoluted answers to that because, again, you know, I'm not a scientist. But oh, I know the, the answer. You, that, that's a rhetorical question. What, I, I know exactly what it's for. From people who got the COVID shot. Yeah. You're protecting well, yourself yeah, I know. against. That's what I was say. But we've we, we got to say Correct. that just so that uh, all our folks around the world, you know, uh, Correct. You know, make sure that everybody's aware with that. Yeah. I, I try, I, I have to, it's my fault too. I try, I assume things that, uh, that I say and people, what's that? And I say, oh yeah, you're right. I got to explain it. So just, I, I always like to cover but those things. 
Here, Go ahead. Here's mm-hmm. the question too. Scroll in a little bit. I want to get run come back to the nicotine subject with the with the food. Mm-hmm. But I do too. Unless I've missed something, and maybe you have this answer, but from all the people I've talked to, I don't know, and I've gotten mixed answers. How long does setting last? I personally, from a layman's perspective and the little the knowledge that I have, I don't think setting lasts forever. You know, no, it I doesn't. Think no, it, it diminishes. I yeah. Judy Mikevitz told yeah, us that. I, I, I don't remember the time. Yeah. Six months maybe. After six months after a jab, your shedding is, is dramatically reduced. Right, right. So anyway, so let's, let's, let's circle back here. Um, okay. But from what I think I gathered from part of that podcast is wearing a nicotine patch can actually help protect you from viruses. Because if you look up the Latin word virus, Virus is poison and venom. Because doctors and pharmaceuticals, right, all of the drugs, everything is based on lat in the medical community. So if you look up the word virus and see the meaning of it, you will be shocked. Hence, the point of wearing a uh, nicotine patch prophylactically, mm-hmm. there's no harm to it. And you're not going to, this is just new. You know, that, well, I'm not detoxing from cigarettes. I'm not, you know, I'm wearing a nicotine patch prophylactically to prevent, help prevent the odds of me getting a virus of any sort. Is it hmm. bulletproof? Probably not. But it's like one of those things, right? Cover your mouth when you see. Well, we still have an immune system. You know, we still have, a, and we can still right. wash our hands. I mean, there's, there's little things you can do. But this is fascinating. So Marco has a comment here. He, he says that cocaine uh, is in the coca leaves. While cocaine is addictive, the leaves are not uh, known to be. Uh, has something to do with the concentration? Yeah, I think the leaves are a different form, but people chew cocoa leaves, you know, with cocaine in them, and they, they get that little buzz, that little slight buzz. They'll chew cocoa leaves all day, but the concentration is huge. That's the big difference. Right. Um, but uh, right. but now I think nicotine so, isn't nicotine chemically related to caffeine? Aren't they a similar family? And caffeine actually has some good qualities too, from what I've heard. So here's here's the thing. Let me. Hold that question because okay, I ahead. want to focus right. on what I was yep. saying. Back to you. So Sorry. The nicotine, I want to answer that question though because that's a great question, but remind me here. So mm-hmm. the nicotine is found in a group of shades, and I'm sure many people have heard of nightshade vegetables or fruit. And I, I can name a couple of them. You know, you can go to DuckDuckGo, you can go to wherever, print, print a list out of them, right? And it's like eggplant. There's actually cauliflower, zucchini, celery, and the list goes on and on. So one of the questions he posed, now, again, as a, as a vegetarian, almost vegan, I eat mm-hmm. a lot of that stuff. But, mm-hmm. again, depending on your health condition, like I said, with me, with the kidney condition that I was born with, I mm-hmm. can't have certain oxalates. So I have to be careful how much quantity Yeah, I spinach, grapefruit juice, and uh, oxalates, yeah, a whole category we should talk about, too. Yeah, exactly. But, but, I mean, it really sucks because I like a lot of that stuff that's good for you, and that makes up a lot of my diet. So, hmm. But anyway, um, but these vegetables and fruits that are nightshades, his point was, okay, so why aren't people craving celery? If nicotine is addictive, why aren't people craving, hey, I need to go eat some cucumbers. I need to go eat some zucchini. Or now I do crave cauliflower. I love cauliflower. Raw, huh. regular, whatever. But most Tastes people to me. don't. Yeah, yeah. They don't crave eggplant. They don't crave celery juice. Granted, what I said, there's not necessarily the quantity and amount. I mean, you would have to eat copious amounts of 
nightshade fruits and vegetables to get a large dose of nicotine, right? But the point is, just like we said, because the soil and everything has been depleted, but the point is debunking the fact that nicotine is addictive. It's all the other junk that they have added to it. And going back to the fact that God has given us all the things on the earth that we need. However, that being said, we need to find the correct wholesome supplementation that has these whole foods in them in a larger, more bioavailable form so that they can do in our body what they are supposed to do. Because, again, you can't go eat six heads of cauliflower, you know. So, So that's where supplementation and stuff like that complementation, it goes back to you really have to know what's in the supplementation, and it has to be organic food-based supplementation. If not, you're just pooping and peeing everything out, and you might as well just save your money and go buy Starbucks. I mean, that's just the reality of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. seriously. I mean, that's, that's just the reality of it. So, but I was not aware that we have nicotine receptors on every single cell in our body and that nicotine can be found in a lot of foods. So why isn't nicotine addicting? Addictive? Well, the answer, yeah, like you say, it's not, you know, but we also have uh, every blood vessel has a a carbon monoxide affinity greater than oxygen and that'll kill you. So why is that in our system? That, that, that seems counterintuitive uh, evolutionarily and, uh, and otherwise, but yet there it is. Correct. You know, so yeah, I agree. So I would highly recommend, and um, I'm actually going to play this on my show as well. i got to go back and make sure this is correct. And I'm Mm going to get this wrong. Any of your listeners, don't quote me on this. But when he was talking about snake venom and all the movies that are out there or that have been released in the past, all the different things that are they are actually showing you in your face what evil Mm -hmm. is doing to us before it happens, I think. How about that? I've never watched this show. Maybe you have. The Blacklist. TV show, I guess, and he showed several clips of it. I'm going to go back and watch it. I'm really cringing at watching it because he showed a scene or two from its blacklist. I think it's season four, episode 15. Don't quote me, but I'm pretty sure. That's specific. Is it people who are being killed or something, or what? They're on the list and they all die or something? What is the the blacklist? um, The scene that he showed had to do with an injection of venom, uh, something about what it was doing and how it did it and how it killed somebody and what they were. Anyway, he was, I, I can't remember, but he was making a statement and talking about venom and snakes. And he said, isn't amazing that if you go back to the Blacklist season four, episode 15, how it is mm-hmm. showing you exactly what they are doing. And his point was like, he actually said it, holy blump, that it, it's showing you exactly what they are doing. And he's like, if you haven't seen this, you need to go back and watch it. Now, again, oh, no, it, I have not. The, there's so many like this. Uh, v for Vendetta talked about a tyrannical yeah. society that arose around a, uh, a manufactured Absolutely. virus. Gee, what a surprise. Yep. Uh, the Hunger Games, yep. you know, rationing food and controlling people and controlling groups and setting people against each other. Yeah. Uh, you look at any of those things. Uh, Soylent Green, you know, yeah. uh, what, so what did they do with overpopulation? Uh, they created synthetic meat. <laughs> you know, I won't give you away the plot, but yeah. yeah. So these films are, have well, always done that. Is I'm going to do like a 15-minute podcast and explain this on my channel. And then this weekend, I yep. think it's, it's 
I want to make sure this episode is correct, and I'm going to air the episode on my channel, you know, and, and, and verbally tie it back to, if you've watched the Dr. Artist interview, this is the episode he was referring to. Please, please watch it. You know what I mean? So, um, again, I highly recommend watching that two-and-a-half-hour show from Dr. Artist, and you can find it on the Angel Warrior Network on Rumble. Make sure you run all the words, you know, together. I divided it up into part one, part two, and part three, since it's two-and-a-half hours. Um, but, you know, the power of what God has given us in stuff is amazing, and the, mm-hmm. the sad portion of it is that, again, even though he's provided it for us in this earth and from plants and stuff, it's unfortunate that the um, the pollution, the uh, the altering of our soil, and all those things has kind of helped to destroy a lot of the properties that these things in nature has. Mm-hmm. The importance and the reasoning for correct supplementation, unfortunately yeah. or unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Well, another problem too is the, uh, the 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 genetic modifications. They change things around. They screw around with the natural properties. You know, all the the, the regular you know foods out there that just grow naturally and evolve, crossbreeding stuff. That all the apple varieties, for example, there's there's reasons to eat natural food. That that's the that's the best chemical combination for your body. You know, you start screwing around with right. things to make it more factory friendly, uh, and you lose it. Um, I got a couple comments from Mark. I want to get to before. Uh, before we get too far here, because uh, I'm not on live chat, so I can't respond to these. I have to do it directly on the show. talks about the usual tomato contains about 7.1, and he's got some ratio uh, grams of nicotine. So tomatoes are a good source of nicotine, it looks like. Yep, tomatoes one of a nightshade vegetable, yep. Okay, he says cauliflower, even though cauliflower, he says, is not a nightshade, which is interesting. Uh, plant family, they still contain nicotine. Uh, then yep. he says you'd eat, you'd eat over 10 kilograms, that would be about 22 pounds, of aubergine, I'm not sure what that is, to be consuming the same mm-hmm. amount of nicotine as a single cigarette. So here's a question. Let's just follow up on Marco saying. So, yeah. so cigarettes, everybody, think, everybody knows they have nicotine in them. So the difference in absorption between the smoke from a cigarette in your lungs and the foods, how is the absorption rate of, of nicotine? Which, which one's stronger? Oh, from foods versus the nicotine cigarette? Oh, cigarette, obviously. So, so smoke in your lungs is going to be absorbed faster than food in your stomach? Yeah. How come? Yeah. Well, it goes back to the whole digestive process. Okay. And again, and, and it's just what I said before, that everything has been altered because of our soil, our air, our water. Even though you're growing these foods, and, and, and I encourage people to eat fresh foods, right, mm-hmm. and take your chances mm-hmm. on the soil and the rain and all that, right, versus mm-hmm. food in a box. But still, those are factors that they don't have the same – I would say potency or effect as they should for what they did, you know, 50, 50 years ago. So absolutely, when you're breathing in smoke and you're breathing in all those chemicals that have been added to the thing, that's going right directly to your lungs. And, your, you know, all those organs, a lot of those organs act like sponges and soak them up, whereas the digestive yeah. process, I don't care if you eat a steak or celery or a piece of cake or whatever, you have a whole digestive process that your gut goes through to process food. And most of our digestive systems are so messed up, they don't even digest right, number one. Number, again, and then going back to the poor quality of that tomato that you're eating, you know, of the soil it's been in, the water, blah, blah, blah. 
and then you only absorb the absorption rate of what you consume. If you eat a salad every single day, right. that's awesome. But you're only absorbing maybe 10% of that salad and anything yeah. that's on it. The rest is getting rid of in your urine and your poop. I mean, that's just okay. a fact. It does not get absorbed into the body. Does that make sense? Yeah. So your body can't utilize. Your body can't utilize what you're putting in your mouth. What you're putting in your mouth is not what your body is using to either help heal itself or to harm itself. It works both ways. That's okay, that makes sense. Well, Marco's got a comment here, too. He says that uh, the lung is one giant surface mass. You know, it takes up nicotine much faster. And that makes sense. But that's why I asked the question. You know, he says, oh, he says, if you want your mind blown about certain substances in the human brain and human body, he says, look into cannabinoid receptors or, or yep, DMT yep. in the brain. So, so that, that's, yep, that's, that's one of your, study. so tell me, tell me. Yeah. Um, well, I want to go back to the, the other question that you, that you asked. So when you're, when you're talking about, you know, your nicotine and, and your food and your food, that the going back to the answer is definitely, definitely the, the cigarette in, in, in your lungs. It's almost like, I'll give you an example. So my daughter's birthday was yesterday and, you know, we don't do fast food. We don't do anything. And it was like one time a year, right? So yesterday she wanted to go to here in the Carolinas. You can go to different places. And they give you all this free stuff for your birthday. So, mm. like Starbucks and Chick-fil-A Chuck and Cheese, Sephora for, for makeup Rockers. and <laughs> um, yeah. cake. Like, all these places will give you free stuff. Well, number one, huh. they're all run by the cabal. Number two, they're all shit. And so it's like, I was like, okay, once a, once a year, whatever. You know, so the point is you can if you only eat that stuff once a year, it's not going to kill your body. But if you keep doing that time after time after time, it's the, con- the compounding effect. So even when you're consuming nightshade vegetables for the purpose of nicotine right now that you know this, or mm-hmm. you're just eating what you would consider to be a clean diet, your body's still not absorbing everything you're putting into your mouth. So if it's only absorbing 20%, you have to have a lifestyle of doing it time after time after time after time on a regular basis to get the amount of correct nutrients that your body needs to either heal itself or harm itself. So it's not what you do once or twice a year. It's what you do on a consistent, consistent basis because you're not getting the amount that you, that you need. Does that, does that make yeah. sense? Well, it does. And I've always wondered about uh, the digestion, which has hydrochloric acid. For anybody that has acid reflux or have, have, you know, gotten stuff, you know, back up, that's really strong. That's a really strong chemical. So how do the nutrients survive that as your food's digested, you know, as it goes through your stomach with the acid that it has in it? Uh, are the nutrients just strong enough to survive and they get, they get absorbed, you know, down in your uh, large, small intestine, large intestine kind of thing, uh, as opposed to, which makes sense, that the, the, the uh, smoke going directly to your lungs is going to be absorbed far faster because the surface area is massive. Uh, compared to your stomach, but, and it takes time to go through your intestines, but stuff in your lungs is going to go, you know, instantly. So how does how does food survive Correct. the acid? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a good question. In fact, it's interesting that you say that. I can send you a picture right now. I have in okay. my hand almost almost every day, and I've slapped while I've been traveling. But I have a big thing of clean and pure um, HCI, which is hydrochloric hydrochloric acid, right? Right. Um, mm-hmm. And HCL, I, I think. It. I think it's HCL. Yeah, HCL. Okay. HCL. I take it every single day, uh-huh. um, a certain amount of it, because of my history 
in the past of Crohn's and colitis and IBS and all that stuff. Oh that my I goodness! Had. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's terrible. Yeah, I've had that. You know, I don't have it now, but because of my history of 15 years ago, mm-hmm. you know, when I used to be on all these drugs, uh, you know, well, it was maybe 20 years ago. Um, I take hydrochloric acid on a pretty consistent basis, you know, um, to help my digest my digestion. So, and for huh. best, I don't have any noticeable, you know, issues, any symptomatic, you know, issues. But hydrochloric acid, I mean, that could be a topic for a, for a whole another 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 time and dig dig into that. Um, okay. But yeah, hydrochloric Make acid and absorption <laughs> and digestion is huge. Yeah. Hmm. It's huge. And, you know, sometimes you don't even know that you have a challenge unless you get the appropriate testing done. Yeah, that's you true. You really don't. I, not it everything seems, is you know, people don't, people don't get tested unless they, they feel like something's wrong. And then they go to the doctor right. and they get the, they, they get the chemical solution, which, of course, is, is the wrong thing to do. But the, the, you really want to go see a wellness person when you're feeling fine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what... That's what happened with my heart surgery is like I felt perfectly fine. And they said, yeah, that's how it works. You will feel perfectly fine until you go over the cliff and then you're going to feel miserable. And by then, you know, your heart's already swollen. You've got all kinds of other problems. So let's deal with this now. And I'm, this is the first time I've ever done anything that big as far as surgery and that preventive where I was feeling fine at the time, consented to it anyway, because the preponderance of evidence from five separate doctors, including the head of cardiology uh, at Stanford Med, uh, convinced me that, yeah, this is the right thing to do. And, it, you know, as it turns out, it was. Um, but, uh, cause I, I might not be here by now without it. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thought, but, um, but yeah, it's just the, the whole idea of wellness. And, and this is why, you know, modern medicine, Western medicine works for some things, heart surgery really well drugs. No, <laughs> the drugs are terrible. Uh, have a completely opposite right. effect, but that's, it's interesting if we could separate what works, you know, like open heart surgery to repair a valve, which they made fit perfectly, obviously, <laughs> otherwise I'd have other problems. Uh, so that's stuff they do really well. The plumbing aspects, the mechanical stuff, the uh, the systematic right. stuff, they seem to do quite well. However, so so this is a question for another show, but we seem to have lost it so badly with the whole drug therapy that they don't do the natural cures anymore. And we know why it happened. We know the Rockefeller medicine and all that. But the psychology, I, I heard something, just to digress for a second here. I was watching a report, uh, One American News, and they had a report on, on what age people start drugs. Apparently, uh, uh, men start, you know, Basically, every guy over 40 is on at least one prescription medicine. But with women, it's like 15 because of birth control. And so women take far more drugs, far more prescriptions over the course of their life uh, than men do on average, probably because they go to the doctor more too. And that also includes more antidepressants, more psychotropics, things like that. So the, the drug use in this country is massive. And I'm wondering how the, that really – we should do another story on that and how it gets in the way of wellness because you're putting all these chemicals in. Are they blocking things like the nicotine? You know, are they absorbing ahead of the nicotine? Or are they helping the shedding? Or are they, are they uh, you know, helping cancers grow faster? You know, all these drugs. We know the COVID shot does that. So, right. yeah. I'm just rambling. It's, it's, <laughs> Big it's thought. Very interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Well, you huh. know, and some of these, some of these things, like, like I had mentioned to you before, I'm in the process and it's, Almost done by November the first. It'll be up and going. So I, I have my Wellness Watch um, website up. I'm not making it quote unquote active really until November first because I've added like an EMF bundle. I've added a spike protein bundle. I've added discounts to it, 
I'm mm-hmm. adding some other other things to it. I'm going to be adding glutathione, all all the things, and you know, everything that I'm adding on onto this is going to be bioavailable, or else I won't have it on there. You know, What's that there's mean? not going to be any. What's that mean? <laughs> Meaning that. <clears throat> The things that are on there, your body is going to absorb. I'm not going to. And I tell people themselves to do the absorption test. I think we talked about this like a year or two ago. You mm-hmm. can tell if your supplementation is absorbable or not by doing an absorption test. You know, you stick it in an acid-like substance, vinegar, that's the equivalent to your stomach, and you see if in 10, 15 minutes, it starts to dissolve and break up. If it does, you know your body is absorbing it. If it's sitting there for two hours and not breaking up, well, you know you've just pissed away however much money you just spent on that supplement, you know, because your your body's not utilizing it. So the things that I'm going to be putting on there, you know, they're not going to be inexpensive, but they're not going to be outrageous. Like use them for healing, healing purposes. You know, so that's the biggest difference. Even if you go to a Trader Joe's or you go to a Whole Foods or you go to a GNC or you go to wherever you're gonna gonna go, I always say keep your receipt. If you if you want to shop there and you don't want to shop with a wellness professional or anybody that you've been listening to, and you want to look for the best deal or you want to go to Amazon, just beware of what you are getting because even a lot of the things that you buy aren't what they say they are. So that's why it is better to have a direct connection with the source of where where your supplementation is coming from. Because remember, they can put anything in a capsule. It's like we talked about before with protein powder. You can go to GNC, Whole Foods, wherever you want. You buy some protein powder, and number one, it's probably not grass-fed. If it says it is, you don't know if it's been – well, it's all been processed. But if it's been processed with heat, it, it doesn't matter. They've killed everything that's in it. So what is it called? What? What is processed? What kind of stuff you said? Not been cold processed and you have heat added to it. Oh, heat. Heat, as they said, yeah. Yeah. That's like honey. The heat destroys the enzymes. Well, I've heard metal spoons destroy the enzymes of honey. That's kind of interesting. But heat, you heat honey, you kill all the good stuff in it. You know, yeah, and so exactly. you can have something that's nutritional, but, and garlic too. If you don't need, if you crush garlic, which you're supposed to do, uh, you've got like an hour <laughs> and, and then the air gets yeah. to it and it ruins a lot of the effects. So garlic has to be eaten like right away. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Interesting. Um, but anyway, so, so you heal, I mean, you really have to, have, have to know because they can put anything on top of anything because there's right. no regulations. So that's why it's, it's, it's in your favor to spend a little bit more to get a better quality and a better source from a resource, a person, or something that you know you're going to get good stuff from. And if you do the absorption test and it's, it's not absorbable, bioavailable, mm-hmm. I right. hope you have your receipt and hope you take it back. <laughs> you know. Well, here's, here's, a, here's a question, too, that I was just thinking of. Um, I tried different supplements, you know, support this system, support that system. And I never felt any difference. So I stopped doing it. How do you know when something's working? I mean, I think, and this goes for a lot of people, you want to feel different. Mm -hmm. You want to feel better. So if you're taking a supplement of some kind, magnesium, vitamin C, whatever it is you're taking, you want to to notice a benefit to it. Otherwise, why are you doing it? Is that accurate to do that? Is your body independent of how you feel? Or if you feel Mm -hmm. healthy, you are healthy. 
That's what I'm wondering. No, that's yeah. Good, good, good question. I would say in okay. some cases yes, and in some cases no. So again, when you take a um, a liposomal bioavailable vitamin, not a gummy bear, right? If you take a bioavailable vitamin, and you do the bioavailability test with the vinegar to make sure it's actually being absorbed in your gut and you take it, you're not going to feel a vitamin working necessarily. If you take magnesium and chromium or if you take a detoxifying purified product, depending on the product, you are going to feel a difference. So it Mm. depends on the supplementation. But I've taken, you know, I'm 54. I've taken a gazillion supplements. Half of them have been crap before Mm. I knew any better. I've I've pissed away so much money, so much money, so much money. And the more I learn... And I'm, uh, you know, you know, half a year ago, year ago, and I'm, I'm reading labels. I'm like, going, well, this is trash. Well, this is trash. You know, like as is, as is. If it says as is, it's been made in a manufacturer. You want something to say organic, whatever, spinach, organic, whatever, on the box, yeah. so you yeah. know. As is for used is. cars. <laughs> That's like the disclaimer right. for used cars. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. What do you mean? As exactly. is for food. I don't want to buy it as is. I want to buy it when it's good. But I'm talking about even in your in your supplementation. You know, it, it's a, it's almost like um, I, I I can't see. You know, in any sort of a supplementation product, you mm-hmm. want it to be based on whole foods, and you want it to be absor- absorbable. So, and and the best, like I said, are liposomal products and. They're hard to find. I have two hmm. lines. I mean, they're harder to find. I mean, you can do this yourself. You know, go find stuff and, you know, just do it Do it yourself. So, um, yeah, that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of that right there. But you want to make sure you are reading all of your ingredients. You want to make sure that you are reading all of your things. So, like, I have a detoxifying um product and it's literally got you know selenium seed ex- selenium seed in it it's got kelp it's got burdock it's got all of the things that your body needs it's got dandelion root it's got garlic plantain plantain leaf it's mm-hmm. got nettle in it like all it's got real food detoxifying products in it at a liposomal level you go to any other store Nine times out of ten, you're not going to find that kind of stuff. It's going to say as is, as is, as is. It's not going to give you a list of foods. Wow. I've never heard that before. That, I've, I've never seen as is on a food label. I see it on like, uh, you know, I've, I've seen it no, with car ads. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not yeah. talking about foods. I'm talking about but supplements. Yeah, you know, well, that's what I mean. Well, because I, I, I don't get supplements now, so I uh, – um, I probably should listen to you, but you know, just got to got to say what's true. Uh, but just because I didn't feel any different, I mean, I just, you know, I, I did fine on my own. I gave up uh, some of the my heart, you know, long list of medications they wanted me on too. And every time I gave up one, I felt better. So I thought I just get rid of all these things. <laughs> you know, right. Thank you. Yeah. So the best thing to do with right. with medicines is give them up. Um, that'd be a great yeah. show, though. So our addiction to medicine. I mean, you know, and people are feeling worse than ever. It's like the more medicine they take, the worse they feel. Don't they notice that the, that's the trend? Or do people just think that, that they override their feelings of how they feel bad? They think that just, but it's more important to, to virtue signal, to do the right thing, you know, to please the doctor, to not offend anybody, uh, and, and be one with everybody else who's taking too much medicine rather than feel good. That's the part I don't understand. Mm-hmm. They'd rather right. take medicine and feel bad 
think they're doing the right thing, which they are. It's like the COVID shot. People take the, I, I was reading an article about uh, someone that took repeated COVID shots, and each time they felt worse. But they did it anyway because they said it was the right thing to do. They had to do it. So what are you talking about? Why right. did you tell me it makes you bad for, for a virus that's not that big a deal anyway? Right. Unless you're like, right. you know, 90. <laughs> so, yeah, it's yeah. interesting. Okay. So, I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing that I, you know, I really wanted to address the nicotine today. And then I know I sound like a broken record, but I harp on this with my clients all the time. I'm like, show mm-hmm. me your label. Pull out your stuff. And half the time they get angry because – I'm like, okay, you can keep taking this stuff, but this is crap. Or, or mm-hmm. you need to do something whole food based that you know your body's going to use. And they get mad because they they end up realizing what I'm saying is fact, and they have to throw it all away. Yeah. You know, and and, it, and it's, I'm going to give you one more example. We'll move on to the um, next topic and, and the other question you had. But like for example, okay, I've got a product here that I use, and we all know that turmeric and curcumin and all these things are good for you. But if you buy that powder. You don't know how much powder to take a day. You have to do all the concoctions. You have to do all the things and everything, right? So to get the amounts that most people need, there's a supplement here that I take every single day, and it's got 175 milligrams. It's got turmeric root. It's got curcumin in there. It's got cumin oil, grapeseed extract. It's got sea buckthorn. It's got shiitake mushroom, black pepper extract, ginger root, peppermint, the list goes on and on, but five more things, and it's all in two little capsules, and it's in a liposomal form. So liposomal, we've talked about this before, is the next best thing to the IV therapy where you can go to any one of these clinics, right, and you can get IV therapy of glutathione, of C, of D, of, of K, of all that stuff. And you can do that. I've done it. But it's a lot more costly, and some people hate needles. So if you want to do something good for your body on a consistent daily basis, you want to make sure that you're taking supplementation that reads just like what I was reading to you here at a liposomal level. If not, you might as well go through your cabinets and throw out all of your stuff. Hmm. Sounds like you need a patch for it. Really good nicotine patch. Do they have nutrition yeah. patches? Nutrition patch? No. <laughs> no. Not yet. Okay, Something they might. Well, the reason I'm thinking now is because we, we were talking about absorption a... rates. Remember, we were talking about absorption a little bit earlier. That if if smoke, yep. if if stuff in your lungs gets absorbed immediately, that's why people you know snort cocaine to be perfectly blunt. Uh, as you know, then uh, then you know, and they take a nicotine patch as opposed to a nicotine pill. You know, so why would right. why wouldn't nutrition patches work? Well, you know what? There are patches. There are patches out that I use, and I think you and I discussed this. Before, and if anybody's interested, you know, they can reach out to me. But I use all the things. I use a glutathione patch that releases glutathione. In fact, I have one right now on my right, on my right wrist. Um, mm-hmm. I have several other patches that are pain patches. I think I said, you know, I'm a runner. Sometimes I'll get a knee ache and I'll just throw on a patch that has um, photo, phototherapy in it that will go right into my, my knee. And it works right into the cells by photo, phototherapy. And it's a really cool technology that truly does, truly does work. There's a patch I wear on my um, upper right temple near my eyes at night when I go to bed that regenerates eye stem cells because, you know, I wear readers. And I'm like, I really don't want to wear readers. I'm kind of vain sometimes, so I really don't want to wear readers. You're funny. Um, I mean, you know, it is, it is what it is. But no, so okay. at night, I put little pat, um, a patch 
right on the temple. And truly, I have seen an improvement in my eyesight because it's regenerating stem cells. And so there are certain types of patches that you can use for certain things along those those lines. Hmm. I'm just thinking how how challenging it would be for me to be you, because <laughs> I can just I'm visualizing your cabinet full of all these supplements and notions, potions and lotions, uh, the patches. Just I just I have this image of you covered in patches. I don't know. It's just it, you, there's so much that you do, and I know it works. There is. But I, I, but uh, I would not I would I don't think I would ever be at your level I just wouldn't you know just what because just, it, no but but it's just interesting the dedication like I'm speaking from a dedication point of view that you're so dedicated oh. to this completely and totally dedicated to it which is great I just don't think I could do it and, uh, and that's okay. but you know yeah. what any little baby steps are better than no steps at all you know huh? it, it it's like okay what one or two changes can you make and are you willing to take take I've actually made a lot of changes. Yeah. yeah. And that's well, great. Like it, and it's like, okay, let's yeah. make that a habit for six uh-huh. months. And then after right. something becomes a habit, let's say, okay, now are you open to two more changes? And you mm-hmm. keep adding and you keep adding and you, and you keep adding. And I do that with, with my daughter. You know, again, she just turned 15 yesterday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm letting her make some of her own stupid choices on her birthday. I let her have whatever, <laughs> so you know, funny. and I actually yeah. was waiting for her to throw up, but that didn't happen. So anyway, that was good. And, you know, we drive through Chick-fil-A and, I, you know, it's funny. I used to say, and this was probably two years ago, I used to say, we don't go to fast food because we just don't. We, ne- we never right. really have. But I always put in that but. But if we go through any fast food, we go to Chick-fil-A because I thought that was the healthier option, say, once a month. Once a month. I mean, that that's it, right? No big deal. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and every once in a while, we still do that, right? But very rarely. Even when we're traveling. Why, why Chick-fil-A? What's, uh, do they do have different prices and add, different oil? And like their chicken stuff, they add over 40 ingredients just to their chicken stuff. Like there's so oh. many chemicals in the crust stuff and all the oils they put on the chicken. That's why it makes you coming back for more. Oh, and the food addictive? <laughs> they put addictive yeah, things in the food? Seriously? You that, can look it very, up online. Oh, yeah. That's not very Christian of them. And I guarantee you <laughs> it's not hormone. Yeah. I guarantee you it's not hormone-free chicken either. Yeah. I could be wrong. I could be wrong, you know, but I, I would highly doubt it. Although, for the for the prices, if it was hormone-free chicken, we might go there twice a month. I don't know. You know what I mean? So it's everything, it, it's what you do 80% of the time right. and that 20% that you just say, screw it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, um, that, and, that, and that's why it's good to have people in your corner that have different knowledge and different options because what I've said today, not everything is for everybody. Like if, if somebody's allergic to ginger root, I'm not going to give them that supplement. You know, I'm going to find something else that doesn't have the ginger root in it but I'm going to give right. them something else. If somebody doesn't like stevia, I'm not going to give them a protein shake that has stevia in it. I'm going to say, okay, well, I have one that has monk fruit in it because monk, monk, monk fruit and stevia and xylitol are the two better, better options. So if you don't like the taste of stevia, okay, great. I can get you a grass better or a plant-based protein shake that has monk fruit in it. And let's hmm. do this twice a day. You're going to get all the great nutrients and everything that you need that are organic. And then let's, let's fill in the fillers around there. So it's not one shoe fits all. And that's why it's so important to know, obviously all the details about somebody before I give any 
recommendations on an individual basis. But as a blanket statement, you know, these are some of the guidelines that you want to look for. Makes sense. Yeah. Hmm. It's complex. Very complex. So, yeah, you've got to come, yeah. come to my house, to my kitchen sometime. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> this is going to be funny. Uh, I, I, I'm going to threaten to bring a camera so that I can, I can take a picture of your cabinet and remember it. it just, I'm just curious all the things you have in there. That's going to be hysterical. Yeah, so, so one of these days. Um, but, yeah, road trip, absolutely. Uh, we had a question from earlier on – did we answer this one? Caffeine and nicotine? I think we yes. – the, the, there's similar substances. Okay, so or ask me the, the question. Ask me the question again. Okay, so so is nicotine and caffeine are they in a similar family of of chemicals of molecules of substances? Because I hear caffeine okay. has a pretty I strong guess. effect too. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Um, you know, not being a scientist, not looking into the molecules and all that, I don't have uh-huh. a specific answer to that. I do know that they react differently. So. Going back to some of the things your listeners may have heard me say in the past, I can't take caffeine. It makes me have heart palpitations. And, in fact, I'm going to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've been on the show since this. I went to a lo- local coffee shop here for a meeting, and they have organic, mold-free coffee. I love supporting them. I wouldn't drink it if, if it wasn't that. Uh, I go there maybe four times a month, every once in a while. And I like supporting them. And so I went and got a cup of coffee, iced coffee, mm-hmm. and was at my meeting, and all of a sudden, I started feeling really bad. Well, the barista, she did not mark on there that it was decaf. It ended up being caffeinated. This was Uh-oh. just right before I went on my trip. Right. And I got in my car, and I literally felt like I was going to pass out. I had to drive back there. They had to have somebody come help me. I, I mean, I was about to flip out. I had to have my girlfriend come pick me up to get me, and... I almost filed a lawsuit against them. And I went in a couple of days later. I mean, I literally almost had to be rushed to the hospital. This was three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And I cannot. You almost have to watch them pour it. You got you got to monitor which which because uh, they probably just grabbed the first coffee they saw. They didn't you know they didn't grab the decaf right. one. They just grabbed the the regular one. So you almost have to watch if it's if it's that critical to you. You got to make sure that you see them make yeah. it. Yeah. Exactly. So my point going back to is I'm very sensitive to caffeine, and there Mm -hmm. are different types of caffeine. So commercial caffeine, I absolutely cannot. It's not an allergic reaction. It just literally almost sends me like like it was bad. It was really bad. You know, heart just racing. I felt like I was going to pass out. I was not the whole nine yards. It just has a bad reaction on me. However, Mm -hmm. my coffee in the morning that I drink that I was drinking while I was on the phone with you, has caffeine in it, but it's an organic mold-free coffee that I promote and I use with my clients, but the caffeine is derived from green tea caffeine. So green tea caffeine I can utilize, and sometimes you'll even see me drinking it on my show at night, and I can still go to bed afterwards. So there are different types of caffeine. Nicotine is a different substance. So in some people, nicotine does make them get the jitters and all the things and all the things. Mm-hmm. But again, now I'm questioning that because I've never looked into it, but based on what I'm hearing from Dr. Artis, is it the nicotine or is it a nicotine from the cigarettes that all the other chemicals have been added to? And that's why they're having that, that reaction. Because when I put on a nicotine pack, I don't feel, you know what I mean? I know it's where, I mean, 
I feel a relief of my discomfort that I was having when I was having all that liver discomfort, I believe. I have no proof because I never got tested from spike proteins or from having the virus or something. And when I put that pass on, that discomfort dissipates. So that's how I know it is working. But some people may respond differently. So when I first started using the nicotine patch, the very first time, I think I told you this, I put it on. I only put a half on because I talked to Dr. Artis, and he knows I'm very tiny. He said, get the, the seven milligrams, cut it in half, only use three because you're small. See how you do. Right. And then yeah. work, work yourself up to seven. Don't go above seven. The very first time I put on three, half a half of the patch, I told my daughter, I'm like, you got to walk me to the couch. Like, I'm going to vomit. I'm so lightheaded because I had never done this before. And I only lasted maybe 30 minutes with that patch on. And I was like, I'm going to pass out. I need to take this off. So I had to work up to just using half a patch. Huh. And now I can use seven milligrams and it's like I have nothing, like I can't even feel it. So that indirectly answers your question. Um, molecules and stuff are different. So it just depends, you know, on the person. And I'm kind of using myself as an example. Right. Okay. Did that, did that answer make sense? Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, I could probably do my own research and, and actually look up the chemical structures and you know get the properties from that and find out how they affect people. <clears throat> I was just curious, just because you hear, you know, caffeine's bad. Well, it actually turns out to be pretty good, um, but uh, maybe that's not the thing that's keeping people awake, um, but it might be. I mean, it just, I, like you say, it depends on the person. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, true. Well, because caffeine's, no, if it's a molecule, it's, it's the same molecule, uh, but there might be stuff added onto it. There might be other things there. There might be things reacting with it. It's like with cigarettes have hundreds of chemicals hundreds in those cigarettes and when you burn something it changes the properties too completely i mean right. tobacco right. you know by itself is no big deal but you burn it and actually right. tobacco by itself burned is no big deal either it's all the things in the wrapper the wrapper is probably the most dangerous part of the cigarette because that's where all the stuff is yeah. like the saltpeter yeah. and some of the other things yeah okay we got about two minutes left um do you have another topic quickly or do you want to give context stuff or uh yeah, I'll just um, give you guys my, my contact information. So okay. if anybody is interested in any of the things that I mentioned that are on my website, um, I'm not going to, like I said, give that completely out yet because it, it, it'll be completely launched on, on the 1st of November. But you can send me an email for any information, any questions, any help with products, or if you want to know what's in your pantry you should or shouldn't be using, whatever. Um, send me an email at H2O Wellness Network. That's H2O Wellness Network at gmail.com. And then my Rumble podcast show is the Angel Warrior Network. And you want to run all those words together. And there's where you can find all of my podcasting. And you can also find the three-part Dr. Artist interview. Mm, I want to check that out, too. Because, well, I want to get him to our, uh, uh, because I know his producer, but I want to get him down to our our January 7th where we're going to be showcasing um, all our legislation. So. It's going to be, well, it's never happened before. So let me just say goodbye to Marco because I got the 90-second warning. So, Marco, you take care. Thanks for your help today with the show. Really appreciate it. Um, and just to let folks know, I'll be talking about this more and more, uh, especially as it gets closer. But January 7th, uh, so right after the holidays, we have a Citizen Legislation Day where we're going to be showcasing all of, all of our stuff. And not just the legislation, but the reporters. Like, we're going to have a wellness table. We're going to have a vaccine table. You know, a vaccine update for the bill. But the, we, I don't have a specific wellness bill, but I still want a wellness table because people need to know, you know, the information and things that we go over. 
you know, and so yeah. there's a, hopefully I'm going to have as many reporters as possible out here. So you all get to meet each other. I haven't met any of you hardly. The only folks I've met are the people that live around here locally, like Derek Park and, uh, and Josie and uh, some of the other folks that are the Candace I've met. Um, but most of the people, uh, Chancey, I know, uh, but most of the folks in the show I've not met. You know, Pianchi I've never met. And he's out there in, in uh, you know, Missouri or, or Louisiana, depending, <laughs> you know. And so you're, you're, South, you're North Carolina, right? Or is it South Carolina? You're South Carolina. I, I'm in North Carolina. I'm like North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Dorothy's yeah. in North Carolina too. You guys might be neighbors. We'll have to find that out. But uh, yeah. 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 Um, Jonathan, Wendy, I've met. Uh, she's actually fairly close. What's that? I said thank you so much for um, having me on today unexpectedly. That's okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really fine. The only thing that would have problem is if I had another guest, if I had somebody else scheduled. And uh, I have uh, uh, quite a few guests. Um, so you never know. You know so just chat with me, you know, like I said, because I know your schedule is, is a lot more fluid. And so uh, yeah, I usually have time, but you never know. So we'll, we'll just talk. We'll talk. Or what I'll do is if I get a guest for that hour, I'll just let you know. And then we'll see if we can get you for another hour. Yeah. Us? Okay. All right. So we'll talk off the air more. And we're going to be on the – I'll be on with you. Uh, let me see. So that would be Thursday the 26th. So give your contact one more time, right. and then uh, I'll be done for the day, and then I'm going to go. Well, it's my birthday. I don't know. I'll probably make myself some gourmet delight and then uh, figure the rest of the day from there. Don't forget about that box I sent you. I'll jump right out. <gasps> That's right. You're going to jump out of a box and, and sing me happy birthday. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be fun. Yeah. So, so then Pianchi oh, comes back you. on the call. He's been silent for the whole hour, but he wants to talk, he wants to talk about you jumping out of a box. Are, are you going to be wearing a costume, he said with a grin? Make sure the box is not near a window. <laughs> oh, thanks, Piaki. Yeah. So, so you went through the entire wellness, your, your wonderful wellness information, Piaki. You know, the minute you said you're going to jump out of a box for a happy birthday, then Piaki comes back on the line. That's funny. You know, uh, Don't mind me. I wanted to tell you about that line, too, but nice to meet her. And uh, we were talking earlier about those men. Those megalith stones are in Salem, New Hampshire. And, of course, you can take a geo, uh, archaeological line from Salem, New Hampshire, through that summer solstice uh, situation there, through the uh, travel towns there in England, and then they go right over to Lebanon, the line does. Well, it's that not was a straight line, though. I've already, I've already checked the globe. It's not a straight line. It might, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting. To see what that where it goes. Take a little map. You'll you'll, you'll find it takes. Well, a, well you got to use you got to use Google GPS to do it. You can't use no globe that was made. You probably don't banged it. Okay, I'll, I'll take a look on a map and see because, like I say, I, I, you know I'm wrong all the time. It doesn't matter to me. All right, let's uh, we'll shut it down for today. Thank you for for uh, another geographic note. CJ, we'll talk soon, and uh, just let me know about next week, and then we'll figure it out from there. And we got your information in the Angel Network, excuse me, the Angel Warrior Network dot com, right? Nope. Nope. What nope. is it? The Angel Warrior The Angel Warrior Network is on Rumble. And oh. that is my podcast. And my email is H two O Wellness Network at Gmail dot com. Okay, good. Well I'm glad you did that. All right. Thanks everybody. It's my birthday Thanks time. I'm gonna so go much. have some fun. Thank you, CJ. Well. Oh, I want to see you jump out of a cake. I mean, that's going to be fun. <laughs> or a box or something like that. I'll text you a picture. Don't share it with anybody else. Of course not. 
right. Bye. Thank, thank you, CJ. Can't wait. Talk to you off the air. Bye-bye. <laughs> See you. Bye. Bye-bye. See all the fun we have here? This is the craziest place to be. All right. I've just got a couple of things to play for you, uh, and then we'll be done for today. But this is fun. So this is my birthday, 64. Yep. Having a great time. Having fun. No prescription meds. You know, no uh, little bit of weight to lose. You know, uh, but uh, great, I think, attitudes you know, there. Uh, and I'm looking forward to a bright future with Action Radio. And so I'm not going anywhere, he said with a grin. Good Lord willing. Um, we'll keep doing, I'll keep doing what I'm doing. I'll be doing it again tomorrow for our Friday show, 7 a.m. Central Time, when we, like I say, do it all again. Well, that sounds good. Even better. Okay, how about your car? If you want the best service for your vehicle, please talk to James at Florida Stores Automotive, conveniently located at 6715 Caroline Street in the historic district of Milton, Florida, right between the Milton Bakery and the Blackwater Trail. Whether you need an oil change or an entire engine replaced, this is the place. The phone number is 850-623-6651. That's 850-623-6651. Call, ask questions, and get the information you need. Florida Stores Automotive is a full-service automotive shop for both domestic and imports, modern and classic. It is a family-owned business here in our Milton community. Open weekdays from 7.30 to 5 p.m., Florida Stores Automotive is a convenient place to keep your car maintained and on the road. Ask them about Firestone Tires and the rotation and maintenance plan. Florida Stores Automotive. I go there. You should, too. And especially since we do have our January 7th event, we're going to need sponsors. Here at Action Radio, we are looking for sponsors. We have 30 and 60-second spots available for your announcements. And we have three-minute live call-ins to talk about your products and services available. Action Radio is the next evolution beyond talk radio. Join us and let us help your business evolve. Think about being a sponsor of the future and not just a listener and help us help your business grow as you help us plunge headlong into breaking new ground here on Action Radio every day. This is Greg Penglis. So what is Action Radio? It is a radio show with its own citizen legislature. That's you, the listener. It is a fully interactive system of listeners, expert guests, social media, writing bills, legislator input, bill submission, lobbying, and citizen action. Action Radio is the future of talk radio using all the available technology in one completely integrated new system. You are listening to Action Radio Online with Greg Penglis. The webpage for all Action Radio shows and podcasts is blogtalkradio.com slash citizenaction. Please share our show with all your friends and family, both nationally and internationally. The guiding principle of Action Radio is this. We the people give our consent to be governed through writing the laws by which we are governed.
Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Avoid where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.